Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Hello, friends. You're now listening to the Lifestyle, Leisure, and Sports Show. You never knew was two of those things. I think we can all acknowledge that if this fails, you two will be fired and I will remain. <laughs> so, no pressure. Bo Bishop, a regional media icon. Winner of Emmys. Purveyor of the good life. Sir, you don't know that for a fact. I just said I'm it on the radio. Also, two guys this company named Employee of the Month. What are you talking about? Paul Hogan is Hulk Hogan's brother. Uh-huh. Look sure it up. Because it's Hulk sure Hogan. Is. That's his real name. One guy is from Australia. The other one is from Tampa. You mean he's from Hollywood, brother? <laughs> Not brothers. Chops. Yes, they are. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, let's do it live on a Monday edition of the program. Both the boys with you for the next three. Adam Jardy coming up at 1133 on the buzzer beater at East Lansing and what they ought to be looking for in a basketball coach going forward. Nice win yesterday for Kevin McGuff and the ladies as they clinch the Big Ten outright. And we'll get a big stage on Saturday at Iowa. A little bit of college football coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. The Buckeyes buttress uh, their front office, as it were, and the NCAA takes yet another L when it comes to uh, when it comes to trying to adjudicate the sport in any way meaningfully at all. Uh, Austin Ward will join us at uh, at ten thirty three as he customarily does. Uh, we'll start with a little story time with your uncle Bo. Two thousand five February. Um, the television station that I worked at in Tallahassee was one that was. Uh, despite being a, a small market, was one that was owned by the Phipps family. And so what that meant, if you know that name, uh, it meant that it had a great deal of reputation. And because it was in the state capital of Florida, it had a great deal of influence. And then, so despite it being a small market, they didn't act that way. Um, we had an enormous sports department, uh, six, seven people for for comparison's sake, it was about the same size when I got here to Channel 10. Uh, Channel 10 sports department much smaller now because that's just the way that the business has kind of trended. But in, in those days, that was an enormous sports department for that size of, of market. And one of the things that we did is we went to every Super Bowl. No matter where it was, we would go cover the Super Bowl. And it's a different thing when you're not used to covering the NFL to paratroop into the NFL world on the biggest stage and try to get anything done because you don't know anybody. How would you? You're not on the beat. You're not covering the teams. You you aren't even covering the league. I mean, we covered college football down there is what we covered. We covered Florida State. We covered Florida. We covered Florida A&M, Georgia. Uh, those are the teams that we covered. I, I didn't – we didn't cover the NFL. You go to a Jacksonville Jaguars game – once a season and, and covered if there was some sort of a connection with a, with a Seminole or a Gator who was, uh, kind of being a, having a, having a big, big season. You'd do that every once in a while, but, but not much else. Um, and in those days, it was even harder because the access to the league was, it was behind lock and key. You, you really couldn't get in. It was, it was the only reason that we got credentials to the Super Bowl is because we had gone every year. 
And, and because we kept going, they kept giving them to us. And we'd been going, that station had been going for years. Um, and so that's why we kept getting them. But, um, you were truly a stranger in a strange land. And I noticed that the first one that I covered in, it would have been in January of 02, um, in, in New Orleans, where I just, I felt like I couldn't, I was like, I'm 20, early 20s. I couldn't get anything done. I couldn't get access to anybody. Nobody could talk, nothing. And so, Oh, five, it's in Jacksonville. So it's a little closer. So I was kind of there all week and, and a little better feel for it, but also still stranger in a strange land. So that year and in those days, they voted on the Hall of Fame, the 35 or so people who vote on the Hall of Fame classes. They do so on sat. They did so on Saturday morning. Now they all do it electronically, but in those days, they in person, um, and they do it by Zoom, via Zoom. In those days, though, they would do it in person at the Super Bowl on the Saturday before the, the Super Bowl on Sunday. And I think they did that up until COVID, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then it, then it flipped. Um, so this was the class where Dan Marino was going to go in and, it's not like you had to worry about Dan Marino going in. He was, he was clearly going to go in. And the thing you also have to remember about the state of Florida is that everyone was a Dolphins fan, right? Because the Jaguars came in later, even the Bucks, and the Bucks were a stunning level of futility for the majority of their existence. I mean, they're talking early 2000s at that point. Uh, they won that Super Bowl early, and, and that kind of changed. But they were very much a Tampa Bay team. The state of Florida was a Dolphins state. And, and it was a, and Dan Marino was the biggest of that in, in, on the professional side of things. So I remember talking to, like, I was a sports director at that time at the station and thinking like, all right, we have got to get good perspective and we've got to get the Marino story for like, did we really, I don't know, but in my head, it felt like we did. Like, I felt like my people are going to want to see something. This was my job to figure out, like, we got to find a way to, to talk to Marino. We've got to find a way to get great perspective on Marino. And so there's. A hundred people waiting outside of this Hall of Fame electors room, right? And, and they, you're going to swarm people left and right. And Edwin Pope was the longtime columnist of the, um, of the Miami Herald. And he's the one who presented Marino. And, and so most of the people were from Florida. And as soon as they came out, everybody swarmed him, right? I didn't know him other than just to know who he was. The guy I knew was Peter King. And I knew Peter King because Peter King wrote Monday Morning Quarterback because Peter King wrote about the NFL year-round in Sports Illustrated. And that was my one window into the National Football League. That was it, was reading his stuff in SI, reading his cover stories, reading his mock drafts, reading his off-season prognostication, his camp tour, all of it. And then at those days, in the infancy of being able to read stuff with relative ease online, reading his Monday morning quarterback. Like that was my window into it. So I knew him right away. So I went right to Peter King and I was, you know, you're nervous. I'm like, God, this guy's a, uh, this guy's a Titan. And in those days, the written word was the guys who wrote were the Kings. They ran everything. Um, they had all the power, all of it. And so I was nervous with me and the camera guy went up to him and, and I was nervous a little bit to, to talk to him. And I'm pleasant to report that he was the most gracious, kind, he gave me as much time as I wanted. Um, he ended up doing like a one-on-one with me that we like played all of it. It was like a two and a half minute thing that we played. Um, and, and we played all of it. And I've ever, ever since then, I would see him from time to time, whether it be at the combine or when I do stuff with the Browns, I would see him and, um, I would talk to him. He, he broke that story with Tom Brady. Remember he about how he's going to continue playing. And he went to Montana to the Yellowstone club. And so we would talk about that. And, um, I can tell you that in terms of like genuinely great people that I've met in media, 
Peter King is at the very top of the list. Ernie Johnson is at the very top of the list. Just gracious, kind, good humans. Um, I'm telling you all of this because if you, if you did not know, Peter announced he was retiring today. So it's seminal in a couple of points. Number one, from an NFL standpoint, I don't know that that job will ever exist again. Like a written arbiter of the truth of what's going on in the league. I, I don't know that that job still exists. And I know like Albert Breer, who's on with the morning guys. I know he does the actual Monday morning quarterback. Now Peter King does football morning in America or did until today uh, when he announced his retirement. I don't know if that type of person will exist going forward. Um, we have become far more punditry, right? It, there's a couple of guys who break news and then everybody else reacts to the breaking of the news. Um, and, and so I don't know if that will continue going forward. Um, he's an Ohioan. He's OU guy, Reese. I mean, I'm sure when you're down there, there's a prominent, I'm sure he's one of the guys you talk about. I mean, you mold the statue right now if you haven't done it already. Yeah. Like that's a, that's someone you grew up reading. Like that's yeah. someone, if you were interested in sports right now, I, I think I can say at any age safely, that was a guy when Peter King had a, had his name on a story. That was something you were reading. That was news you were, you were paying yeah. attention to. He was a guy who never, it, it felt like was one of few who never really, at least I didn't feel that there were any agendas being pushed. That was, here's the news. Not much. No. Here's what it is. I know it, I can write it better than anybody and I can be captivating about it. Yeah. And the other thing too, Bo, when you talk about like, I don't know if there's going to be another person like Peter King covering the NFL again, because everything is so aggregated and meant to be in tweets and everything that even the guys who do break the news, it's about the kernel of the news and it's not these 10,000 word diatribes because that was one of the things he wrote in his retirement announcement that one of the, the head guys at NBC had going into either last season or this previous season it came up to him and said, well, what if you just parted down a little bit just made it a little bit shorter so it's not as much work and they you can go through it and he said while looking at it he didn't know what to cut he liked everything that he did yeah. and the way he, that he covered it and so he just continued to do that and so you can get why that would uh, get to somebody where he's like well is there is there more for me to do than just constantly focusing so much on this so I wish him well in his retirement and it's it's always good to see and hear from somebody with that perspective that when he heard a, a different uh, sports person talk about the idea of like I want to get bored He's like, yeah, maybe I will get bored and I'll, I'll want to come back to yeah. this. But right now, that's what I want to experience is something different. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a real, he, he ends up being like one of the last ones, right? Of, of that, that did that, that wrote a 10,000 word, a 10,000 word empty your notebook every Monday. Yeah. Like, can you imagine the responsibility of that? I mean, just think about that. I, I sometimes people, I, I'm sure you guys get this all the time. Some people will come up. I'm not comparing the two in any way, shape, or form. But sometimes people will come up and say, "My God, you do, you do five hours of radio a day, three hours in the morning. How do you come up with what you're going to talk about?" And I, I don't know how you guys are, but I, I can't even think like that. I, I, if you do that, then you just start spinning. Yeah, like you can't. You have to, in in this job, and I'm sure he approached it the same. Once you're done, you just flush it. And then the next day you worry about the next day it, because otherwise, like you take no, I always take notes. I tell people I take notes throughout the day. This is interesting to me. Maybe we'll pop this in here. But if, if you are, you, if you don't shut it off, then you're going to drive yourself nuts. And, and I can't imagine like every Monday writing 10,000 words and knowing that it had to be published because it was the Monday morning quarterback. It had to be published by 9, 8 a.m. And because of who Peter King became and everything that like the idea of, 
to continue to be able to do this, you also have to write it the, the right way because you have a lot of trust yes. and access with this stuff. And I'm not saying he would editorialize, but there just has to, there, there probably were some times where soft hands needed to be used and having to think about it that way. But you're right. Yeah. You do have to sometimes actually turn it off because if to. in this line of work, if you don't, you can always be working. There's always something to be reading. There's always a game to be watching. There's always something, some stat that you want to look up and you do have to be able to put that away but for somebody like peter king it sounds like he always had his notebook out and was just ready to write down anything and then at the end of the week write it all down officially it would be pretty funny if in that retirement announcement he said i unlike many of my nfl colleagues would prefer the college game and covering (laughs) what that sport has become in the near future you can find me on procollegetalk.com from here on out you had to like the regards and wrote a ten thousand word college Emptying his notebook every single Monday. Yeah, uh, there'd be um, some. There'd be ten thousand words for you to say be, every Monday. There would be, um, and we'll we'll get to some of that coming up at ten. He, there aren't many guys. There aren't many left whose whose primary source of uh, importance to what they cover is the writing. There's not much of that left. It's to your guys's point. It's aggregated. It's social. It's breaking. There's still a great deal of importance. The, the people who pay people to break news, you think about Woj and you think about Schefter and those guys, what they get to break it, the importance of that. Um, but in terms of just writing it, there's not many left. Now it's, you better be able to go on TV and tell us why it's important. And, and so, yeah, it was, it's, that's a, that's a Titan, uh, stepping away, certainly. And, uh, if you're of a, I think if you're of any age and you've, to Reese's point, I think at any moment you can remember, if you wanted a window into the NFL, that was he was certainly one of the people that you were very aware of, and he was incredibly gracious to me when I was a kid. And um, his his efforts uh, will be missed tremendously. Uh, we did have a lot to get to um, here locally. Uh, a nice week, nice little Sunday uh, for the Buckeyes. We will get into that. Uh, the NFL Combine is starting tomorrow in Indy. People will be arriving today, and then we'll be broadcasting over there live tomorrow. Uh, some really interesting news on. Who is going to participate and who is not, including a local guy who's doing none of it? We'll get to that coming up at 9.33. We're off and running on a Monday. Bishop and Friends are here on The Fan. If you consider yourself a Buckeye fan, you've come to the right place. This is your Heritage Sports Talker and home of Ohio State Athletics. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you say something with enough confidence, it must be true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Yeah, there's no better time to sign up for the Tipico Sportsbook. Get on the betting action. you got the hoops, the hockey, the golf's a ton of fun. The biggest college hoops tournament in March is right around the corner. Plenty of games to bet on and win big. So take advantage of those massive odds boosts for the biggest payouts. Try the new parlays where you can pick how many of a leg you need to hit and then cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two. Claim the new sign-up bonus now and get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get your bonus. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more. Buckeye women clinch the outright Big Ten, or share, share, 
share of the Big Ten. Got to win one of the next two. One of the next two. So they got Michigan and then Iowa. Michigan, their only Big Ten loss this year, by the way. We talk a lot about how we're curious how ESPN will handle the Big Ten going forward. So I I believe I read this right this this morning that college game day is going to be at Iowa for Ohio State-Iowa Saturday. Game's on Fox. The game's on Sunday, too. The game's on Sunday? Yeah. So the game's Sunday, and game day's going to be there Saturday? I will double check that for you, but I mean, it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility, but yeah, that's crazy. That's pretty wild if that's the case. I swore I read that this morning that game day was going to be there. Um, so that's, that's nuts. And the game is on Big Fox. So Ohio State, number two in the country, Caitlin Clark. Is that senior day for Caitlin Clark? Got it. Yes, that will be. It's their final home game. And, uh, possibly of her career, technically she still has the fifth year of eligibility left. She'll, yeah, she's, yeah. Still, and, and then, yeah. The, you know, obviously they played that double overtime last time. It, I it lost one too many games to make it like a straight up, like for the Big Ten, which is what it uh, just a couple of weeks ago looked like we were coming as a crash course, but still all the narratives and everything are right there for you because this whole season has been a really cool indication that yes, Caitlin Clark is the best player, but Ohio State's the best team. In the Big Ten. Yeah. And so yeah. when they match up, you get an awesome overtime game in which somebody goes for 40, and Cody McMahon had to have an awesome game for Ohio State to push it into that overtime and eventually get the victory. So this game on Sunday could be, I mean, it, I guess it would probably be between the other matchup with Iowa to possibly be the game of the year in Big Ten or maybe even women's college basketball in general. Well, certainly in, in the Big Ten. Go ahead, Reese. Well, so, yeah, uh, ESPN's college game day will be in Iowa uh, for Ohio State, Iowa on that day. So they're going to be broadcasting the day of. So they're doing an, a special one. It'll be a special edition, okay. yeah. Oh, from okay. 11 to noon, Sunday morning. Okay, so they're going to prep. A, but this is the important part. So they're prepping a game that's not on their air. Right. But, I mean, now, I'm sure let's not act like they're all innocent and this is all altruistic. Remember, they have the women's basketball tournament. So both of these teams so will be on their air they'll very both, soon. They'll both be on their air a lot. So you want to feed into this as much as you can. So they are benefiting from this, but they are on a on a random Sunday in early March. They will be broadcasting and previewing a game that is not on their air. So that's that's a pretty good job with um, a show that is not specific to women's basketball no, either. No, no, no. So I'm guessing they'll have their women's team for their women's. It'll be yeah. It'll be, Holly yeah. Rowe, I think, is going to be anchoring all of that. Yeah. So yeah. it so is the very cool women's college basketball specific version of College Game Day. Awesome, great job. Um, and 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 hopefully the Buckeyes could take care of business uh, against Michigan middle of the week, and then this one will be um, for. And they'll they'll have this thing outright sewn up. They got to win one of them, so that's that's the task going forward. Uh, it was a fun game yesterday, uh, taking care of Maryland. Maryland, obviously a quality team, and on her senior day, uh, emotions for that for the Dublin girls. So that was all very very cool to see. They have a real opportunity here over the next month to capture right. I mean, they can own this town in the next month if they if if they can have a little bit of a run here. Um, I, I don't see any scenario how they're not a one seed. No, like they, they clearly are a one seed, right? It feels like it's a lock now. They've clinched the one seed in the Big Ten tournament. Like, that's locked up. But last- South Carolina, them. What? Who else? LSU in the mix? Yeah, with Iowa's loss last week, I think that probably puts him down into the two line. So the LSU is still in the mix this year. They Stanford. Have- Stanford's okay. always there. Yeah. Yeah. So that so they should be right in the thick of it. And and they've been a real joy to watch. They It was funny. Since that game... Here, when they beat Iowa, rocket ship. Like, they've just steamrolled. 
and have cruised. And they haven't that's lost a in twenty twenty four. Yeah, it's crazy. That's that's a testament to coaching. That's a testament to character. That's a testament to leadership. To not allow that game to be your Super Bowl, to use it as a springboard, and they have good job out of them. Buckeye men, <laughs> I mean, just just a crazy game. Uh, one of those ones where they were actually down ten at half, and then they were the ones that put on the rally. Uh, of course, in a situation like this, we're going to want to hear from uh, from the voice as uh, his call on the game winning shot from from Dale Bonner yesterday up at East Lansing. Devin Royal looking to inbound. Devin Royal still looking inbound. Gets it to Thornton. Thornton dribbling up the left side. Gets it up court. Bonner. Bonner on the left wing. Fakes. Forces a deep three. Up and in. Dale Bonner hits it from the left wing. Dale Bonner wins it for Ohio State with a three from the left wing. That's pretty good. There's something special about a radio call where you don't have the time. You know the time because they would have said it right before the play, but you don't have the time right there. So you just get that reaction from both uh, Paul and Ron there. There's something special about it. Anything else strike you guys about that call? Considering how this season's gone? The guy doing the inbound was Scotty Middleton. The guy doing the inbound was Devin Royal. Sorry, Devin Royal. Yeah. So Devin Royal's doing the inbound. Then it goes to Bruce Thornton and then it's Dale Bonner shooting it. That's not what it's been. No. <laughs> you know, for a very long time. Uh, Jake's doing a really good job. He's, he's got them playing hard. Um, it, it is, it is good to see them have joy. I don't think that there's any question that the dismissal of Chris Holtman, the amount of pressure that was on that team was lifted from that point going forward. Um, I think that they ought to petition to play every game on Saturday, Sunday afternoon. Those seem to fit them very, very well. Um, Jake Diebler post game on, Bonner's game-winning three. That was me drawing up a play, Coach Izzo taking that play away, and um, players making plays. You know, I, I, Dale's shot obviously was incredible, but I, when you think of the poise Devin Royal showed taking the ball out of bounds with no timeouts when our first option was taken away, Bruce double-cutting, finding a way to get open, having the awareness, you know, to, to, to get the ball down the floor, and then Dale having the awareness uh, to get a shot up. I mean, listen... That was players making plays, and it started, honestly, with, with Devin Royal and, and his poise taking that out of bounds, and obviously Roddy Gale's free throws were were so huge. Yeah, that yeah, was, was special. Bonner hasn't been a huge contributor this year. With the, you know, the rotation has really shrunk, especially when Holtman was still the head coach, but you know what he does have? This is his fourth year of college basketball experience, so I think Jake yeah. Diebler knew that like that's a guy I can trust on the court. Yeah, maybe he's not the most talented guy on the team, but I know that he's going to do the right thing, and he found a way to get that shot up. It was six point whatever seconds left to start that play, so it's not like they had a ton of time to work mm-hmm. with. One thing that I hate about it, though, is that then they go to the video board. Are we ever going to get a true buzzer beater ever again? Are they ever going to let the game end? Are they going to put point two seconds back on the clock every single time? No, it's awful. It's awful the way that they have to do that. I mean, it's it's terrible. Nobody it's, wants to play that point two seconds, even Michigan State. I'm going to tell you guys, it's even worse in the building. The replay stuff is even worse when you're in person. And then yeah, they come back TV. and they go, actually, it's, there's two seconds it's left. Not, it's absolute nonsense. Uh, Jake was asked postgame. It's a nice stretch. Big win against Purdue. Big win against Michigan State. He's asked postgame if he should be considered to be the full-time head coach. Here's were, were his thoughts on that. I know this isn't the answer you want to hear, but I, I I am fully committed to serving this team as well as I possibly can right now. And I've asked those guys to focus on the task at hand, and I got to lead by example with that. 
you can't forget about the impact our staff has had during this and, and the leadership of our team. This is about them. You know, Gene asked me to, like, just serve them as well as I possibly can. And I love this program. Make no mistake about that. My brother obviously uh, played here. And, and it's since then, it's always been something really special. This whole family and program has come together, and that's what it takes in a time like this. So um, that's we're going to keep keep the focus on the main thing. We will have some perspective uh, with the Buckeye basketball program, what they ought to be looking for for a head coach, how much consideration Jake Diebler ought to get coming up in the 11 o'clock hour of the program. NFL Combine underway tomorrow. Some big news already in terms of how certain prospects are viewing the Combine, and could it be a harbinger of things to come? We'll get to that story coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. The two most mature people working at the radio station. And that's just because they wear pants. Pervert in the skivvies. Rothman and Ice. Weekdays at noon. The fan. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Us. What's up? What's up, man? What's up with you? All right, here's what's up on a Monday. NFL scouting combine beginning tomorrow in Indianapolis. This thing has changed a lot um, over the last decade or so, even when I was first go- started going to it six, seven years ago, um, to what it has become now. Um, a big part of it is the TV part of it, right? So they've, they've switched a lot of the workout stuff um, into, into, into stuff into the afternoons. We've lamented that into prime time and, and those type of things. Uh, another thing that is, that has happened is they've shifted a lot of the action to the weekend. Um, and, and, and that as well. So this is an NFL network play, uh, to be able to do that. The, the one thing that, that has always been the same though is you gotta go, right? You gotta go. And Marvin Harrison said, nah, actually, you know what? I don't, I'm not gonna go. And he is taking, I've never, I don't know of anyone who's done this in I'm sure somebody on social can remind me of somebody that I'm forgetting. It's entirely possible. Um, but he's not going to the combine. He's not going to work out at pro day. He's not hiring an agent. Now it helps that his dad's his dad. So he doesn't need to do that. So no agent, no pro day, no workout. I'm preparing for my rookie season, in the national football league. My tapes, my tape. I don't need to do anything else. <laughs> now you've got to be a stud to do that. It helps that his dad is who his dad is. It helps that his tape is pretty much peerless. But I don't know anyone who's done that, who said, I'm not working out at a pro day. I'm not running routes. I'm not going to, he's not going to the combine. Yeah. It's one thing to say, "Ah, I'm not going to do these drills or there's, you know, there's reasons I don't want to throw if you're a quarterback. Okay. Like that stuff happens, but they're always there. They do the medical stuff. They meet with teams. They do everything. I guess Marvin Harrison, I mean, have we seen a mock draft since the end of the season that does not have him going number four? No, but this I would also say that there's not a mark that you could say there isn't there hasn't been a mock draft that doesn't have fill in the blank quarterback going one or two. Yeah, you know, like there, there's not there's not any of that 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 has happened either. Um, for a guy not to go to the combine is pretty wild. Like to even meet with teams. I love always just like what are you to do? Not draft me. I guess it's the play. I mean, there's you could do it if you're him, but it's, it's a short list. There was a reporting a little over a week ago, like CJ Stroud's agency athletes first is having none of their athletes represented at the combine. Take any of the cognitive tests like that S2 thing. Nobody's yeah. taken like the wonder, like they stopped taking in 2022. So it's everybody's just going to be doing football workouts. And I wonder 
if this becomes a little bit more publicized how no athletes are even going to meet with teams that they don't want to. Well, let's, so you, this is the, yeah, right. I mean, this is the branch off of this is now what? So it's not just him. Um, Caleb Williams reportedly, he's not going to throw at the combine. He's going to meet with teams, but he's not going to throw. And Jane Daniels is not going to throw. He's going to throw at pro day at his pro day. That's it. Um, so he's not going to throw. Now we've had guys who go, I got nothing to hide. I'll go throw. Like a lot of guys, that's the other attitude you have mm-hmm. of I'll go throw, watch me. I'm not scared of anything. I'll, I'll throw at anybody and, and you go throw, but they're not going to throw. So I do wonder if the NFL scouting combine, which has always been, first of all, where the league's business gets done and we'll get into what's going to happen from a, in terms of the NFL guys who are established NFL quarterbacks, how the movement will start on them probably tonight. There will be meetings um, on Fields and Wilson and Cousins. All of that stuff will happen, start happening tonight and will continue throughout the week. I, my hunch is there will be a Fields deal done, the framework of it, by the end of the week if they're going to trade him. that And I th- obviously all of the tea leaves say that they are, um, that, that that will happen this week. But in terms of just got the, the star players not participating, it's pretty wild well, to yeah. me. I mean, there you had it. Three three quarters of the top four picks, projected top four picks, are either not really participating in the things that you want to see them participate, and one of them, in Marvin Harrison, is not even going. So, what is the NFL getting out of by putting this on, you know, TV for everybody to see and trying to fit it into prime time and put the now the quarterbacks have been moved to the weekend days. People will still watch because it's the NFL, but. At what point does it become something that's just like, ah, yeah, the combine again, but you never see anything from it. That's why I never understood the pivot to the like actual valuable TV times for it, that I thought it was a much better middle-of-the-day random thing that people could tune into yeah. and check out because I stand by this. People, and I, it is true, people love excuses to not work. <laughs> So if you give them something to watch during the day, they're going to watch yeah. it. Whereas when they have a chance to do whatever they want with their free time post work, they're probably not going to watch the combine. I know I'm not going to watch a ton of it. I'll be on vacation at the, the tail end of this week. So I'm definitely not watching any of it. Yeah. It's never really been appointment viewing. So having it like on a Saturday or on a Sunday, it's if it's it'll rate and it probably rates better and they probably have the the numbers to show that it rates better on a Saturday than just throwing it during the week but you know it's the NFL so you could put yeah. it pretty much wherever and people are going to tune in to watch this Similar this is like, a great example real quick just to clarify the so the this information came from an Albert Breer tweet okay that Mar- so this is how the tweet reads Ohio State supernova Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't just skipping drills in Indy. He's not at a combine training facility at all. Instead, staying at Ohio State and building towards his rookie season. So that's the tweet. Okay. But then it asks you to show more and to click on it. But you have to click on the actual piece. So when you click on the actual piece, it says, and I I think this is a, yes. And this is also a real issue with, uh, Breer's pissed off that people didn't click on it. I get it. Here's what it, here's what it says furthermore. And maybe it's a bad job out of us. I don't know. Much much of what we've just told you is true, but there is one small caveat, and I, it's an interesting one. For those who didn't click Breer tweets in the last couple of minutes, Marvin Harrison will be in Indy, will meet with teams. Again, he's just not skipping testing. He's decided not to train at all for any of that, training to play football instead. Hope it'll give him a leg up on his new team. I think it's smart. So he will be in Indy meeting with teams, which is critical. The original tweet reads that he won't be. Yeah. 
And then you have to. So I, what's I, the journalistic integrity in that? Is that? And then I saw Breer's tweet, and I'm like, well, who are you mad at? You should be mad at the person who wrote the first. Whoever tweet, wrote the damn tweet, which is you, likely. Yeah, and Albert's great, but like, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to trick people? Yeah, and you should know. Don't get them to click on the. If you're articles. somebody, who maybe does, it's a bad job out of us for not clicking on through and le- reading through to the to the rest of it. But geez, man, like, come on! I don't subscribe to. Subscribe if you're somebody who pays for the, the the Twitter blue that allows you to have the longer post, you should you would know that that it does take people to you know they have to click through to do it, but then you can't write the beginning of the tweet. As just like, oh, this is the this is the big part of it. You have to include that information or else, yeah, people aren't going to click through because that whole thing is just designed to like foster fake engagement for Twitter, in my opinion, because it's just, oh, now they had to do another click and they have to load another page and there's another page view for Twitter. But there's a lot of problems with Twitter now. Andrew pointed it out to us. uh, Good job out of him for being a uh, online um, ombudsman of of the X. Um, so he will meet with teams, just not going to do any of the testing. He's not going to train. He's not going to do pro day. He's just going to meet with teams over there. Quite honestly, he doesn't need to. There aren't many people in his realm that wouldn't need to, right? It's all out there. His tape's his tape. And I think for a lot of these guys, it is. Uh, those quarterbacks are not throwing, though. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, not throwing. Uh, JJ McCarthy is throwing. I've not seen anything on Drake May if, if he will throw or not. Um, the, the big headlines for us here, and that's something I'm curious about when I get over there tonight is, just kind of, and this is the crazy thing about the combine. When you're there, the information comes so easily. It, and chops, I know you were, we were. I think Threes was on the Buckeye Cruise when I was over there, and um, I know you were producing the show. But you remember when we had the K, the Kyler Murray stuff, mm-hmm. and like up until that point, like the odds on Kyler Murray being drafted number one were next to nothing. It was like, well, Arizona's going to trade the pick. They have Josh Rosen. They brought in Cliff Kingsbury to coach up Josh Rosen. What's the point? Why would they draft Kyler Murray? And I get over there Monday, and it was like, oh, they're drafting Kyler Murray. And it was abundantly clear the first night. Everybody knew it, that that's what was going to happen. Um, and then the next day, Cliff Kingsbury had a presser, and then Steve Kime was dressed, dressed as Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> and you're like, I remember telling me, like, get to a state where you can bet on Kyler Murray going number one overall, because that's what's going to happen. And then it did. So this fields the fields information will start to be known tonight and into tomorrow you'll have that information general managers and coaches start talking over the next couple of days go ahead drake may not throwing at the combo not yeah. so, so none of the top trend. four picks the projected top four picks are going to be competing in drills and Bo, i also remember you got to do some firsthand reporting that week at the combine too because you you let us know exactly how tall kyler murray was because <laughs> you passed yes. him on a step we were at yeah we were at elmo's and um and he was he was coming down a step, um, and I was going up, and I stopped on the same step, and I was looking down at him, and I went, <laughs> "Well, he ain't six foot. We know that. <laughs> that much we know." Um, so there will be some good nuggets coming out at the combine. I think the most fascinating thing, obviously, is Fields and how the Bears do it, and and then hopefully our guy lands in a spot. Um, you think about that podcast he was on last week. That you, you clearly don't want that. You don't want a guy under contract commenting on other teams that he likes their spot. Um, and so I think they're going to want to be quick with this. The other thing that's tricky on the Fields move is he's abundantly popular with Bears fans. So, like, you better be damn sure that Caleb Williams can play. Because yeah, Justin it, can play. I, I don't know if he'll ever be a top eight quarterback in the league, but he's definitely an NFL quarterback. Well, and it's Caleb not, Williams better be. And for the Bears, it's not like GM Ryan Poles or head coach Matt Eberflus have been around for a long time. It's not like they have a ton of 
ingratiated pastime with the, all no. the all the fans around there. So yeah, it, it better work out, or everybody's going to be out of job. Yeah, that's the way it's going to go. Uh, the other two quarterbacks in play will be interesting as well. Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, a very interesting weekend on the professional sports side of things uh, here in, in old Columbus town. We will get to that coming up as well. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. We know everything about you. We know you love the Buckeyes. We know you love the Jackets. We know you're wearing a red shirt. I just freaked the hell out of someone. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. With friends like these, who needs former college football players? This is Bishop and Friends. Hey guys, it's Shops, and when you boil it down to lose weight fast, there's really only two ways to do it. You can lose weight, you can eat to lose weight, or you can reduce what you eat to lose weight. The latter is where medications and hunger suppressants step in, because without them, you'd be hungry all the time simply eating less. Eating to lose weight is the Awaken 180 method and the method I chose. By eating, my metabolism sped up, and instead of going after muscle for energy, it went right for the fat. I dropped 95 pounds with Awaken 180. I felt healthy losing the weight. And I still feel healthy today because of what I learned. Do I fluctuate a pound here or there? Sure. But I know that I'll stay in range because I know my body. Combine that with the free maintenance check-ins and the weight just stays off. A solution for life. Friends for life with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Give them a call. 844-346-1800 or online at Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Bishop and Friends, we're sponsored by Awaken 180. Fast, sustainable weight loss without medications. The solution for weight loss. Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and Las Vegas. Those are the ones. Those are the quarterback teams. Okay. Yes. There. Is there anybody else? I couldn't figure out the link between those three cities first. <laughs> I was gonna make. Yeah, I'm thinking about a road trip. Or I'm gonna drive. No. Uh, are, those, are those the ones? Like everybody else, in black in their he, uniforms. Everyone else is either drafting a quarterback, or we think. I suppose you could put the Patriots in there. Uh, that you had some stuff. Uh, from our friends at Typical last week, Reese, about the Pats being a, in the mix for Fields or or one of those guys, um, and then just using their own pick on Marvin Harrison and then doing the Fields deal. So maybe the Patriots would be a team. Uh, it feels like Washington's drafting. Um, feels like the Bears are going to draft, um, and then I guess maybe the Patriots. But that's those are. That feels like that's it, right? Seattle was in there kind of briefly, but they reworked Geno's contract last week to fix some of the cap stuff. So I think they're going to roll with him for at least another year. But they're kind of on the radar of maybe looking for new quarterback. But I think you're right with those three. Most recent odds I see give Atlanta at plus 250, Steelers plus 300, Bears plus 450. I don't think the sportsbook know what's going on with Fields. I think they are just going off of whatever the like report is about the team. Yeah. It's not about Fields. It's the Steelers made some moves with quarterbacks. They cut Trubisky and they hadn't re-signed uh, Mason Rudolph. And then the Falcons, they they talk about him on a podcast. And so then the Falcons jump to the top of the odds. Yeah. But I don't think they actually know what the Bears are thinking. We're the ones that ultimately have to decide on the trade. The other team, that, I mean, what what does Minnesota do? I mean, because there was a Justin Jefferson thing, like Bootsy was saw something on the bottom line about a Justin Jefferson thing over the week. It was quickly debunked, but like they better have somebody to throw to those two receivers. Like they're they're not in a position to draft one, 
Like, are they really going to let Cousins walk? And then just like, have yeah, those me, guys sit there? <laughs> they have two stud receivers. Like, you're not going to have Justin Jefferson not catch passes from somebody who's capable. They should just have a meeting with Jefferson. And, like, he's clearly been not thrilled. I'll use that as yeah. the phrase of their quarterback situation. Just sit him down and be like, fine, you try it. See how hard it is. See, you give it a shot. No, I think that... That's the thing that's tricky. Like if you're Quasi Adolfo Mensa, who's the GM up there, who was in Cleveland and, and under Andrew Barry before he got that job, like you you kind of have in the NFC with Cousins, like what's stopping them from being a 10-11 win team? But if they let him walk, then you're doing a full rebuild. And are you in a position to draft a quarterback? They're not going to be able. They couldn't trade for Fields. Like Wilt Russell Wilson's going to be out there as well. How does that work? Because that's going to be a cap bomb for the Broncos. If that happens, it's combine week. So let's just throw stuff at the wall. Since sure. You know, the the guy running the Vikings right now. Yeah. When you guys meet or run into each other in uh, Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah. Just say, hey, we'll give you Nick Chubb. We'll take Justin Jefferson. I thought you were going to say Deshaun Watson. I mean, that Kirk would sweeten the pot. Yeah. <laughs> just do the swap. Okay. Yeah. You take Watson and we'll, we'll do I this. Just, like, that, that you'd have to explain to, to Kevin Stefanski why, in fact, you can just redo the redo of your offensive staff now that you've got Cousins as your quarterback. Now, now you don't have to change anything. You don't have to go to the shotgun 90% of the time. But we didn't announce it anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. I did see uh, the Bengals officially tag T. Higgins. The cap number went up. Um, very curious how that goes and, and how how they're able to to try to manage that because I, I don't know how you can pay two receivers and a quarterback. It just doesn't feel like something that you can do. And the franchise tag on a receiver is pretty expensive. So if they do it and it'll be for next year, and then he would be a true free agent after that. So that, that would be, that's going to be a fascinating, a lot of news around the Bengals this week. Well, and after a down year from T Higgins, mostly due to injury, but the luster of him being a trade option is gone. And then when you put the franchise tag number on top of it versus a, last year would have been a year rental at the end of his rookie year deal. I don't know if they're going to be able to move them. And so, yeah, then they're, then they're paying those guys. But then it does get to that situation where they're not going to get anything for T. Higgins if he plays on the team this year. Yeah. They're, I mean, they, last year before Burrow got hurt, this, that was their go in the Super Bowl year. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, they already lost Jesse Bates. You're going to have attrition. You can't pay everybody. So how they manage that will be fascinating. It'll be very interesting to see what the Bengals, uh, what kind of their tone is this week over there. Crew beating Atlanta United over the weekend in the in the home opener for the defending champs. Kucha with the goal in the 27th minute on that. Jackets with a weird weekend. Uh, lost to the Sabres, who were absolutely brutal on Friday, but then beat the Rangers, who hadn't lost in a month yesterday. It, the Rangers yeah. had won 10 in a row. They hadn't lost in February. It doesn't make any sense. They scored early uh, against the Sabres and then didn't really do anything the rest of the night out there on the ice, and that was uh, really frustrating because they're still searching for back-to-back victories. You know, they haven't done that since Thanksgiving, the week of Thanksgiving. Well, I didn't know that, but that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. You know, so they it's one up, one down, one up, one down, two, you know, that's that's the way that, it, that it's kind of going to go. I, you know, Voronkov is, somebody had a, I saw Svoboda with a funny tweet about, um, you know, guys at 238 pounds in their first years, in the league goalies and it was our goal scored. It was Ovechkin, Lindros, Lindros, and, and then Voronkov, who's good now group. up to 16. That's a good group to be in. Now, the, to be truthful, the other two were what in the thirties or 40 goals scored at that weight. So that was, that was it. But I guess if you're looking for bright spots, there's some there. I honestly don't know what they're rooting for. They've had so many injuries. They're, 
they are they're kind of going nowhere and yet you all show up it's amazing to see those crowds you went to the game on margaritaville night great crowd yeah it was it was a great crowd uh i i don't know what they announced the attendance there were definitely some seats sprinkled throughout that were open but the crowd that was there for sure was was definitely into it uh the margaritaville night stuff was fun uh yeah and when they scored the first goal that's still everybody gets up for the can and the whoa uh, uh," you know all that stuff it's still there and it's still a fun environment to be in yeah but they just lose most of their games yeah it's six more contests until the trade deadline so if elvis can put together performances like yesterday (sighs) maybe there's a chance yeah, what a mess on that. That's what, I mean, that's the, when you think about Yarmo and like the forks in the road, that's a big Who's one. that? Yeah, right. Exactly. And there's obviously not the, you know, the Connor Bedard sweepstakes out there this year. So even no. losing doesn't feel that like you're building towards anything on that end either. No, no. And then Fantilli's out, so it's just it's tough. Uh, all right, second hour of the program coming up next. Uh, the Buckeyes steal someone else from Alabama. We'll have the details on that. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Common man and T-bone are idiots. You should listen to them anyway. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio's idiot destination. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Keep your friends close and your producers closer. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. So this, um, the Marvin Horton Harrison stuff that Breer had this morning starting to garner a little bit of attention. Uh, Lance Zierlein is... You know, one of those draft analyst guys at NFL.com. So it's like all of those guys, they really start to eat right now. Like this is their world, the combine, the senior bowls, all of that. And um, So he he wrote this 28 minutes ago in, in regard to Harris. He said, no pro day when Malik Neighbors is about to run 4-3 is an interesting choice for your 4-4 wide receiver. While Neighbors is my wide receiver one, Marvin is wide receiver two, and both are my top two prospects in the draft, both garnering a 6.8. However, there will be more teams with Neighbors wide receiver one than the public thinks. Um, and then Matt Waldman uh, kind of winked at it. So um, this is going to be – it's just nonsense. That is nonsense. Combine. This is all just such nonsense. This The the way that you think about what happens in the lead-up to this and how it's like it becomes cool to, like, not say the obvious, like to zag becomes not cool. I have a um, different thing about this. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. always well, – I don't think he's – he's not quarterback one to me. I like this. Okay, all right. The same thing happened I'm when – smarter than all of you. Okay. When Marvin was wearing – he was winning the Bolitnikoff, and he was on all the first-team All-Americans, and so was Neighbors on those kind of lists, too. But, like, there were a ton of people like, when you compare the stats, you can see that the Neighbors is better. And it's like, yeah, but we already went over this with your – with Jaden Daniels, who got to win the Heisman because of this, that, like, not all stats yes. are – created equal you can't just compare stats and say this player is better than player x no no you certainly can't uh brian kelly spent the better part of november making damn sure that that daniel's going to win the heisman um with the with the way that he coached it the way that he stat patterned in the last month of the season and neighbors benefited tremendously from that race and i also wonder just what kind of or how much water gets carried this week to where you have guys out there that say oh 
Why wouldn't he want to come to the combine and talk to all 32 wonderful teams? Why isn't he doing any workouts for these teams? Like All they want to do is just get to know him a little bit more. And clearly with a bias from the league and that you want your best prospects, obviously, to be there and put on a show for people. But that isn't the case anymore. And I'd always thought that, well, not always. I mean, this has only been like a year, but that the Texans leaked out the C2 stuff. To get fields, oh, like to get Stroud stock to drop, yeah. and obviously, you know, with the season that he had <laughs> with Carolina, all the football guys at Carolina wanting him, and it just feels like if you've got a guy that's got great enough tape, you don't need any of this. No, you need I, none of this. It's even more self-serving than what well, everything you said is one hundred percent accurate. Uh, although I cannot uh, confirm, cannot the confirm CJ or deny, stuff, sure, or deny the CJ stuff. Um, I think that was more about David Tepper lives in North Carolina and uh, watched Bryce Young up close and was like, that's the guy. And I think sometimes owners just do that. They just weigh in late on something, even though their football people tell them something different. Um, but the the other point you were making about you know the self-serving part of the NFL, that part is 100% true, but it's even more than that. Let's also remember that these guys' jobs is this. It's clicks on mock drafts. So whether you're Zierlein or, um, or honestly, like Brugler still does a lot of the mocks. I'm trying to, like Matt Miller does a lot of the mocks. Mac, uh, Matt Waldman does a lot of the mocks. Um, who else am I missing? Uh, does Kuiper doesn't do too many. His are like a big, he doesn't do as many. His three or four. Mm-hmm. I think basically he's just been around so long. He's like, no, I'm not doing it. We had the Field Yates um, one the, last week. Field Yates, Daniel Jeremiah, like those guys put them together because you all want to click on them. They're the most fun thing you can do. You're clicking on, hey, who's my team going to get? And this is that silly season um, that now lasts all the way into May. It's a two month silly season of 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 nonsense, and and you're thinking that your team can tra- can turn around like the Texans did with one pick. It's kind of a unique story situation too, because except for like postseason like MVP type awards, which you can prognosticate on, but that generally doesn't involve every team. The draft involves every team, and it's a long time to get yeah. there. Yes, the NFL calendar is always moving. There's always stuff, but right now at the end of the season until. Two-ish months later, when you get the draft, you can talk about it. And then, no matter what you said, you're only wrong for a second. Because once the draft is happening, it it goes by in a second. So there's no time to point out that, oh, this guy was really strong on the Bears are going to trade out of number one, for example. But then they don't. But then you're on to pick number two. And he doesn't have to really deal with being wrong for very long. But he can have it out there and possibly be right for two months. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's, there is no accountability to any of it. There is one site that like tracks who had the best mock every year. Um, I always think that's kind of fun, but like it's also comedy to like try and mock a second round. Who knows? When they kidding? mock in trades doing, and it's like, what? so now it's just not even anything it's what it's going to resemble. Yeah. Uh, this is not nonsense. Ohio State landed, uh, another one from Alabama. Um, so Sam Petito is his name. He was the director of player personnel at Alabama. So, what I believe is he had the same job that Pantone has here. Um, he's joining Ohio State staff as director of player personnel. So Pantone, I didn't realize that, that the ambassador of cool is officially the general manager. I guess I wasn't paying attention to the semantics of that, but he is the general manager, which is appropriate. It's what he does, um, other than being the ambassador of cool. So this is an incredible coup. Like this has been, um, one of the guys who's headed up the recruiting at, at Alabama through the years. And so he will come in and, and have that job under Pantone. And just another example of Ohio State just all in as big as can be and no limit to what you can do or who you can bring in to, to go 
do the only thing you got to do, which is go win it all. Uh, but I, I mean, obviously you love this. A guy who was around probably the best. I mean, them in Georgia, as good as Ohio State has recruited, even Georgia and Alabama are on just have been on a different level over the last decade. And to bring in a guy who, who was witness to how that was done all those years and to have him work with Mark, I mean, that's a home run in every way. I wonder if we're going to see those concepts that we talk about in the South maybe come up here because it already kind of feels like with Ross Bjork that maybe we're getting a little bit of that. Obviously, the president leadership changed here at Ohio State, but you bring in a guy from Alabama. Does Ohio State start to go down that realm of the over-signing, the 27, 28 guys in a class as opposed to 21 to 24? So that I think that's something to keep an eye on there. Also, the NCAA, I don't think they care anymore, and we're about to get to another court case that wasn't good yeah. for them, but that labor relations one is still going on out in California. I actually just mm-hmm. saw Amanda Kristovich, friend of the program, tweet about it. It's restarting up this week to go into it even more. If you're calling somebody in charge of the players on your team and your roster general manager, manager of what? What is a manager? <laughs> he manages employees. How yeah. You can't call him that. <laughs> If you is want to pretend is? they're student athletes, is I know that, it is. I'm not saying it's that it's an no, incorrect no. label, but no, no. I, I you're bringing up a very good point. Like if you go on the Ohio State website, is that how Mark's labeled? Uh, let's as take general a look. manager, or do we just? Is it kind of like how I call him the ambassador of cool, and I just that's just it? It's or is that the official title? Because you're right. Yes, that is a manager of people. Yeah, and so I don't know how they're going to get around that one. People, it says general manager, player personnel. That's his title. There you go. Well, that's it. There you go. Yeah, let's just let's just get there already. And to your point, and we had this in this segment as well. Um, on Friday, a judge ruled against the. By the way, just fill in the blank day, fill in the blank court case, and just understand that it's always going. The first line of it is always going to read: "Judge rules against the NCAA." <laughs> So doesn't matter what time of year, doesn't matter the date, doesn't matter the case. If the NCAA is in court, they're losing. And that's what Bjork talked about when that's what he that's where he was getting a month ago when he was here was we can't we can't keep losing this stuff. Like we've got to rethink this. We're losing. It's losses, losses, losses. It's costing us all this money to litigate all this stuff. And we just take L after L after L. So they took another one on Friday. This is in the Tennessee case. So the judge granted them an injunction. So currently, no hyperbole here, kids. The governing body of college football has no ability to enforce rules on NIL or transfer portal. You can transfer as much as you want. Technically, the transfer portal one is their rule now, but that they made it the rule because they lost the court case. Because they lost the case. (laughs) So you can the transfer portal. You can transfer as many times as you want. And NIL, there's no governance. There's no way to adjudicate it there's no way to hold anybody accountable for it so it is truly whatever you want to do so the federal judge in tennessee granted this injunction friday afternoon that prohibits the ncaa from punishing any athletes or boosters for negotiating name image and likeness deals during the recruiting process while they are in the transfer portal or while they're in the portal so it is absolutely pay for play is can happen there's nothing the ncaa can do about it which is fine again we're all fine with this it's just pay them and then you don't have to worry about it. The injunction is not a final ruling in the case, but the judge's decision will likely have an immediate and dramatic impact on how NIL deals are used in the recruiting process. No kidding. Um, the NCAA, I'm just going to read it just for my own enjoyment. Uh, turning upside down rules overwhelmingly supported by member schools will aggregate, uh, ag- aggravate, aggravate, 
I've never used that word before. An already chaotic collegiate environment, further diminishing protections for student athletes from exploitation, unlike what you do. The NCAA, that's me, not them. The NCAA further supports student athletes making money from their name, image, and likeness is making change to deliver more benefits to student athletes, but an endless patchwork of state laws and court opinions make clear partnering with Congress is necessary to provide stability for the future of all college athletes. So again, they're looking for a federal bailout. It's, I mean, it's just crazy too because the, the the first line of their statement, turning upside down rules overwhelmingly supported by member schools. It doesn't matter if the members support it, it if it's illegal. You're all wrong. It's illegal. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes to court and loses. It doesn't matter. We could all agree on things that are illegal that hey, well, we should be allowed to do. Doesn't make them legal, and it doesn't mean that you're going to win a court case on it. It's, I thought it's this, so disingenuous to say further diminishing protections for student athletes from exploitation. That's what you've done, and that's why you're in this spot. I thought the judge, Clifton Corker, his one of his statements on it, too, was perfect. Uh, while the NCAA permits student-athletes to profit from their NIL, it fails to show how the timing of when a student-athlete enters such an agreement would destroy the goal of preserving amateurism. So that What they're saying is that it makes sense that people are talking about the NIL deals before they get to school and whether or not that has to do with it, it doesn't really matter when they sign it then. And so it has to be allowed to be used for inducement because there's really no way to police that. And we've seen that from them. They've tried to come down and find, they did it. They've done it three times. The Miami basketball team, the women's basketball mm-hmm. team, Florida state. And the third time they tried to do it, Tennessee was like, nope. And for some reason, <laughs> Virginia was like, we'll join in on that too. And then they yeah. lost in court, and then here we are. This will be appealed, and thing, and it'll get held up in some way, but I do think it's pretty clear that the NCAA is going to have a, an incredible uphill battle to ever punish anybody else again for NIL inducements. I wonder with the, what's going on today with USC, like the, the conference in questions, the Pac-12, does that get mm-hmm. carried over to the Big Ten? Like what kind of can of worms is opened by that one? Because Northwestern... It's a good not, question. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how we could know. Here's the only thing we do know. And the, the other thing to remember on this, now this is this is Tennessee, this is a university, and in turn the state, because it's a state university. So you're essentially suing yourself. Because Tennessee is the NCAA. The University of Tennessee is the NCAA. Yeah, is that why the attorney generals of these states had to... Right. The attorneys right. general Correct. of these states had to Correct. do the, the suing? Yeah. Yes, because you're, you are, when people say who is the NCAA, the universities are the NCAA. The NCAA is doing the bidding of the universities. So in many instances, you're fighting yourself on this stuff. That's, that's how nonsensical this is. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be over in Indy. Uh, I'll get there tonight. Like the hotel that I'm usually at is right across the street from the NCAA, like headquarters. And every time I look at it, like there's nobody there. It's just a, it's just empty. I'm just like, what is going on in there? Who's sitting in there? Like what? What's happening? I don't. It's it's wild. It's it's absolutely wild. But they just take L. It's just it's just another L. And so you have to have somebody with some forward thinking who is willing to do something bold and grand, so that you do have rules, so that you do have contracts. And the only way to do it is to pay. We've been saying it for years. Because yeah, it's just become so clear that like they have to write something else. What you have yes. currently written down is not going to be something that is ever going to fly in any court. Never. Never. Nope, not ever. Um, we on Friday we got into uh, the big question facing the Buckeyes for this offseason from ESPN. We'll go through some of the other contenders um, on on some of the big questions facing not only the Big Ten but the contenders for the national championship. We'll get into that coming up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. Winners of the prestigious Platinum Microphone Award every year, given to the best radio station in the world. 
no need to look it up. It's real. The Fan. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Not interested in Iowa football? Too bad. Shops will tell you about it anyway. This is Bishop and Friends. Hey there, friends. Your Uncle Bo here for you. Man, let's talk a little bit about love and intimacy and all of those things. And if you're among the many millions of men suffering from erectile dysfunction, now is the time to do something about it. Tired of the embarrassment and frustration that comes with suffering from ED? Give my friends at Tri-State Men's Health a call today. They can help you out. So many men out there have mediocre sex life, just good enough. Maybe you've tried some pills or supplement. Working okay. What if it could be better? What if it could be much, much better? Tri-State Men's Health Treatments work where the pills and herbals fail. They have treatments with success rates over 90%. Some treatments even have you lasting over an hour or more. So do yourself a favor. Schedule a consult with the Tri-State Men's Health here in Columbus today. Your initial visit, just 99 bucks includes medical cons- consultation with a licensed medical provider, a T and PSA test, and if medically advised, a test dose. If that test dose doesn't work, that office visit is free. It's a no-lose, win-win proposition for you. Give them a call today. Get your sex life back on track, 800-900-9654, or visit TriStateMensHealth.com today. Uh, Friday, we went over some of the questions facing the bucket. It was all about court. It was Will Howard is, is what it came down to, and I... ESPN put this together. It's a fun list of things to look at. And they had the Buckeyes number two on their list of pre-spring top 25. Number one was Georgia. Uh, their, their looming question was, will the Bulldogs be able to replace their departing defensive stars? I can add the answer that emphatically, yes, they will. Because Kirby can recruit defensive players. They can develop defensive players. Um, they do that better than anybody, including Alabama, over the last four to five years. So, I have zero concern at all about Georgia being able to answer that question, Chubbs. After all the numbers we saw leave after their first national championship run, and remember, it's not like they were very far away from going to the playoff this year. They just lost to Alabama in the SEC title game, but they've just constantly been able to replenish that. We've seen them stay at the top of the recruiting rings. Something I worry more about with Georgia is actually coach retention because Dan Lanning left a few years ago. Todd Munkin clearly was Mm -hmm. a very important aspect to what happened with uh, uh, what Stetson Bennett over those years that he was there, and you can only do it so much before it becomes a, a hard deal to replace your your staff over for guys in that important of positions over and over again. The only guy, Saban's the only guy who's been able to do it, and and he Kirby started to do it learned, on overdrive after a certain point. It was like well, you're only going to be here two years. He also started to, uh, you know, he lined the coffers, if you will, with that when he would bring those guys in as consultants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those what are the what's the word? Analysts. Analysts. Yeah. yeah, they'd bring him bring him in as analysts. So Kirby learned at the feet of the master on that in terms of of being able to make sure that your staff is good. Um, they lost Munkin. They replaced him with Mike Bobo, who was pretty average in his first stint as the offensive coordinator with Georgia, and I believe was actually fired, the former Georgia quarterback. And they were pretty good last year with with Carson Beck. So. They have so much talent always. They're, they're without question the biggest threat to the Buckeyes, Reese. There's no, there's no doubt. Yeah, it's just funny looking at this. Um, Georgia, Oregon, Texas, Ole Miss, those are all guys from the Saban tree. Yeah. And so just it, 
It's it, it's very interesting how he's able to take guys that are have that are I guess their values that the, the Alabama car wash come in your well, car's, he, car's a little dirty I'll squeak you clean. He's a coach rehabilitation program is what he was. You wrote the book I mean on he it. he rehabilitated Sarkeesian after the mess that that was mm-hmm. uh, at USC. He rehabilitated Kiffin after the mess the exact that was same circus, <laughs> exact same circumstances, um, and so he rehabilitated both of those guys. Um, and then and and look, Kirby did this, Sarkeesian did this, Lane's doing it. He showed him the path in recruiting. He did it to Bill and, O'Brien and, too, who got that's true. Yeah. Houston, and then yeah. a year there, a year in New England. Now he's a head coach in college again. You're right back into it. So, um, so their their top ten heading into spring was Georgia one, Buckeyes two, Oregon three, Texas four, Notre Dame five. I, Notre Dame five. As I went through this list, Riley I was Leonard, a baby. little confused wow. by this top twenty five. Ole Miss six, Missouri seven. We saw them firsthand. Penn State eight. Really? I mean, you have to beat somebody of significance to be eight. I think they got Alabama a little bit too low. They have them at nine. I think Kalen DeBoer can coach it. And I know that he lost Downs, obviously lost Sayan, um, and, and McLaughlin. I get it. But like, he kept a lot of that group together. They have the quarterback coming back. Like, I think they still, they're still going to have a ton of talent. If he can get through the spring, and by the way, they're going to hit the portal in the spring too. Just it's, you wait. It's weird the the types of teams that are like, oh, they can carry over their momentum. The the Missouri's on here. Notre Dame ended the season fine, I guess, so they get to go up to number five. They bring in another transfer quarterback. But you know who's not on the top twenty five? Because I even like control F'd this one to like, where is <laughs> this sure. team? Washington is not in this top twenty five. They're not anywhere. And I understand so they, yeah. all the play, all the people they lost, lost their head coach, joining Big Ten. Six okay, guys. But you'd yeah. think runner-up would make the preseason top 25 the next season. Yeah, because got, they got Arizona all the way up to 11. Their coach is now the coach at Washington. Michigan was 13. Um, LSU, 12. Oklahoma, 14. Um, that, that's some of the other ones on there. In terms of the Big Ten teams and their big question, Oregon, who will win the quarterback battle? There's not going to be a quarterback battle. Dylan Gabriel's going to quarterback Oregon next year, and Dante Moore's going to wait. Dante Moore's going through the little car wash that we were just talking about coaches. Yeah, do. That's what he's thing. doing. Yeah, he's, there's no that's that's not a question. Um, what will the passing game look at like at Texas? Quinn Ewers is still there. It'll be good. Be very good. They've lost some receivers to the draft, but they've recruited well. I'm, I'm not worried about that at all. Um, Ole Miss is a tricky one because their ceiling they. They bring a lot of guys back. They were probably the most aggressive team in the transfer portal. Uh, they did lose Junkins, who's here, obviously. Um, but like, can Ole Miss is Ole Miss the type of program that can handle success? And there's always one of those SEC teams who's ranked too high early. Right now, there's two of them in the top between five and eight with Ole Miss and Missouri. Like one of them will fall on their face. There's Does, no way they're both going to be there. Well, and then who plays those teams early in the year? Because this is what all, always happens too, is that SEC team is ranked too high and then say Florida beats Missouri early in the season. And then everybody's like, oh, Florida must be the sixth best right. team in the country. And then we turns out now nah, both were kind of just average. But I think you're right. Ole Miss and uh, Missouri are the two on the watch for that this year. Like who does like Kentucky, Kentucky plays on September 28th. They play Ole Miss. They win that game. They're 11th. Oh yeah. That happens every year. Yeah. Someone will rocket ship up with, with, with a win like that. Um, the Michigan question, 
Michigan's got the most questions. I mean, other than Washington, who's starting fresh, Michigan kind of is too. They're basically starting from scratch. Um, like, how many people out there even have heard of the four guys competing for the quarterback job at Michigan? Jack I mean, Tuttle. I remember the Alex Orgy name because he came in for the Ohio State game, but that was it. Jack Tuttle, I'd completely forgotten about. Remember, he was at Indiana. Yeah, I, I no, I didn't remember that. Um, I remember. Jaden Davis was the was a, he's the one who's the was the decent recruit, right? Wasn't he the kid? He's the four star, four star kid. Yeah. Um, they got two Jadens. Yeah, they got Michigan's got so many questions. Um, and and. Yeah, they they have a great deal of talent, but they lost so much that they they're gonna it's gonna be a comeback to earth in a big way for them. And I think what's lost a little bit from if you're not paying as close of attention to Michigan, and I could totally understand that from people, but I think them hiring Sharon Moore like looks like oh j- just carry it over. Yeah, they lost Harbaugh, but everything. But no, if you look at the, they had to fill up a ton of the staff. Harbaugh took a lot of those guys. Some they of did. them got fired throughout the year. <laughs> Some of them just left on their own accord. It is not. It is not. Uh, Harbaugh staff without Harbaugh on it anymore. It's a completely different staff, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there definitely will be a, a great deal of change um, with with that team up north. Uh, get some perspective on all of this. Uh, the big question from Austin Ward coming up next. Bishman friends, right here on the fan. The Ohio State Coaches Daily Show is brought to you locally on the fan by Credit Union of Ohio. This is the Ohio State Basketball Daily Show with interim coach Jake Diebler. Brought to you by Encoba Insurance. Ohio State defeats Michigan State in East Lansing 60-57. to Congratulations. You have to be really proud of how your team just never gave up in this game. So proud of our guys. Thanks, guys. I mean, the response we had in the second half um, after things didn't go our way in the first half was, was really impressive. And I think, listen, we cut it, I think, to six. They pushed it back up to ten. Might have cut it back. Again, and we our guys just kept swinging, man. So so proud of them. I mean, listen, Hall of Fame coach, veteran team who's you know primed to to, to make a run this postseason. Really, really proud of our guys coming to their building and get it up. All right, we'll have another comment in just a moment. Hi, I'm Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The right coverage can be a game changer, both on and off the field. That's why Encova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, Encova's got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. With local independent agents in your neighborhood and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs, Encova's playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. Bottle home and business insurance, you want Encova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. Encova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! This is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Final again, 60-57. The Buckeyes defeat Michigan State. Yeah, Coach, take us in the huddle. I mean, uh, you know, your team is trying to battle back uh, that last play. Just tell us what you told them. It seemed like everybody was under – they were composed. Uh, first, Devin Roll not having timeouts. He was able to get the ball in bounds. Bruce Thornton was trapped. The ball got to, to Dale Bonner. Just talk about what you said to them going – coming out of that timeout to into that play. You know – 
Ron, the, the poise Devin Royal showed in that situation was incredible. And it's a, it's like a testament to just the amount of work that he's put in and he's been a student of the game more. I mean, he, he I'm so, so happy for him. The poise, taking the ball out of bounds, no timeouts in that situation, incredible. Bruce finding a way to get open and having the awareness to get the ball up the floor as he was being corralled and, you know, Dale, the awareness on the clock. I mean, listen, players make plays. Um, that's how you win games like this, and I'm, I'm so proud of those guys. It's the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint with their award-winning waitstaff, great food, fun, and laughter. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout. Roosters is where you, your family, and friends can order pizza, sandwiches, salads, and more. And the home of award-winning wings that are fresh, never frozen. It's your family's other dinner table. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIP. He knows everything about the Buckeyes. He's been offered tens of dollars by a certain team to spill his secrets. He's told that certain team to go to hell. Damn you all to hell! He's Austin Ward. Sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. More life, more energy. And indeed he is, and he joins us on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We were talking about this a little bit last week. I'll pose the question to you, my friend. Uh, for you, what is the biggest question facing the Ohio State football team heading into spring? I think the uh, biggest benefit for the Buckeyes is they don't have a ton of options to look at there. Uh, I, for me, it's on both sides of the football at one position, which is you know that Cody Simon will hold down one of the linebacker spots. What does it look like elsewhere? You know, that's not a, a concern of talent or or lack of depth there because you can move Sonny Styles or C.J. Hicks could make the big jump, Gabe Powers. Like, there's there's options there for what Ohio State wants to do at linebacker. So that that's not the biggest one. Uh, for me, that would go over to the offensive side of the football and more specifically the right side of the offensive line. You have so much skill accumulated. Uh, running back, wide receiver, uh, you upgraded at tight end if you're Ohio State. Um, but you know we don't we just don't know for sure is Josh Fryer going to stay at right tackle? It sounds like there's a, a distinct possibility that he could be spending uh, spring camp after starting at that spot all of last year and maybe sliding inside the guard. What does that mean with a group then that you're looking at Zen Mahalski or Tego Shabola or perhaps Luke Montgomery uh, in his second year with the program? I think center and to the left with Donovan Jackson coming back and, and Josh Simmons after that. I think a better year than he may have got credit for, despite some of the penalty issues. 
Like, that seems pretty entrenched and stable yeah. over there. Uh, but I think, and look, we watch, we get to watch more practice in spring typically than we do at any other point of the year. And last year, you could tell that the offensive line was had to be addressed. That's why they went into the transfer portal uh, in May to get Simmons. Is that going to be the same case by the middle of April for for Ohio State, or or do they think that an option will emerge there from those guys? And how does that look? So I do think that's really where it is because you know you look at the secondary, the defensive line. I mean. Those might be the best groups in the country. Same deal potentially at wide receiver as those guys take the next step and fill in for Marv and, and Julian Fleming. But, you know, if you're going to do anything, it's got to be in the trenches, and that that goes double for Ohio State with some of the uncertainty with the offensive line right now. Yeah, these are first-world problems. <laughs> you know, what you're, ta- you're talking about, we're talking about it. One, oh, another yeah. off-ball linebacker taking like a super athlete like Sonny Styles, and maybe I pressed threes. He would, when I pressed him on Friday on it, you know, he gave me the coach's answer. I said, how dare you? On this show, can't you just tell me what you're going to do with that kid? Um, but, uh, so, so that's one of those things where I, those things will all sort themselves out. I, I, the other thing that I think is going to be very fascinating, and, and this is what's going to be really cool for you guys that are there every day. And because as you mentioned, in spring, you get to see so much more. I'm very curious to see just the mechanics of the offense and just how it's operated because Chip Kelly is so overqualified for this job, <laughs> just absurdly yeah. overqualified. And not only that, there's this, the personal relationship with Ryan. So if there's anybody that Ryan Day could say, this is the Buckeye offense, Will Howard, Chip Kelly, let's go run it. It, there's going to be big components of Chip's offense in it as well. It'll be a melding kind of of all of that. What is your best guess on just that process and and what that's going to look like in spring? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see it, Bo, because and this feels like, gosh, a million years ago at this point. But you know, last March and April was about you know putting on headsets and having designated periods where Brian Hartline is going to call it and is Ryan Day going to hand over. Yeah. You know, the play calling duties and, and, and we watched that and Hart really got kind of worn out by those questions because he was trying to make an impression. They, they hadn't committed fully. They weren't a hundred percent in on that was what they were going to do. And it was hard for anybody to really talk about it. Cause you could, you could get the growing sense that Ryan day wasn't going to let up on the leash as much as maybe he thought that he should or, or wanted to, however you want to phrase that. But I don't think that will be an issue at all this spring with Chip Kelly. I, there's the built-in trust factor that you mentioned with their long-term relationship. Also the fact that he is, um, you know, you're, you're talking about a sitting Big Ten head coach who's had a, a reputation both at the NFL and college level. Even if some of the other things about his programs have been mixed in terms of success, he's always been on the cutting edge of, of offensive play calling and offensive design, largely with the rushing attack, which I do think – will be worth watching again for those offensive linemen, but also with what, you know, they're doing with Travion Henderson and Quinshawn Judkins. So that's all tied up together. But I, I think, you know, maybe there'll be some of those five or six open practices that we watch and Ryan day doesn't have a headset on at all. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't know that that's what I'll be watching for to see how they manage that because it was such a huge deal at this time a year ago that uh, these are, these are periods for a new offensive coordinator to try and make an impression. Like, Chip Kelly doesn't have to impress anybody. He's been doing this for a long time, and I do think that that might lead to a little bit different feel when they get into some of those scrimmage settings. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 very very different, and obviously that room, uh, that quarterback room is going to be fascinating because as, as you and I have talked, and anybody with any sort of common sense can acknowledge, you, you just can't have five guys 
you know, no. in that room by the time you get to spring, you, you, you've got to have that thing sorted out. By that point, you got a transfer window coming in May. Um, I'm sure they have it in their head, like kind of an idea of how this thing is going to go. Um, how do you think it's going to go? Just reps. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you have to spend – look, when you have early enrollees, you certainly want them to get their feet wet. But nobody is expecting as much as talented as both Julian Sayan and Aaron Olinar, like They're not going to be the starting quarterbacks this year. That's what Will Howard is was brought in to do. Uh, he's He's got all the opportunity in front of him and the, and the skills to do so. That's where Ohio State is invested, for lack of a better term. It, it, if he's coming in to be that starter, he's going to have to get those one reps. And, again, there's the Chip Kelly factor, the offensive changes, uh, learning a system after spending, you know, four years and one that doesn't look anything like what either, you know, Ryan Day or Chip Kelly have coached throughout their careers. So that's got to happen. And then from there you have to – you do have to consider what the future looks like, you know, for Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz because – Devin Brown's in a situation now where he's got a, an edge in experience with one extra year, um, but it's still not a, a ton of on-field experience because of the injuries that he dealt with, uh, most notably in the Cotton Bowl, but also in midseason there with the ankle injury. So he's got an opportunity. What does he look, look like physically? How did the year, you know, now that Lincoln Keenholz, who did not get a full spring a year ago, what does he do with this one? Uh, how did that taste of experience, which was more than I thought he would get as a true freshman, what does that mean? Uh, because those two guys are, are going to, you know, this is the reality of college football now. They're going to have to make a decision, and so will Ohio State, about what yeah. the depth chart looks like at two and three and, and what that means for those guys in their futures, uh, as well as the future of the program. So that's, you know, I think that has to be the dynamic when you're talking about rotating, you know, some of the twos. Will Howard's got to get a lot of work. He's got to learn the offense, and then you have to make some decisions there for the long-term interest of the program. So that will be fascinating to watch in, you know, it's more so than ever. You have to have that urgency with roster management in March and April, because there is that other window that opens right after spring, spring, uh, the spring game. <laughs> right. Exactly. So leads me to my next question, which is uh, Sam Petito coming over. He was at Alabama. Um, he's going to be under the ambassador of cool, Mr. Pantone. He's going to be uh, director of player <laughs> personnel. And, and so, so you're adding another guy who knows what he's doing on that front. Can you, for our audience, because they're, they're, the other thing that happened, I know you're aware of it, the, the federal judge, the injunction in the Tennessee yeah. case. So right now we have no way to rule on name, image, and likeness and how it's applied. And we have no way of rule, because of a previous injunction, we have no way of ruling on transfer portal. You can transfer as many times as you want. Right now there, it's rudderless. So uh, there are no guardrails on anything at the moment in the sport. What is the mindset of Mark, who's officially the general manager at Ohio State? What it, yep. What is their approach to player retention? Are, are they going to have to re-buy all these guys in the in in May? Is what, what is this like? Well, yeah, um, that sounds. It sounds sad to just answer it that directly, yeah. but you know, until until you have enforceable rules. And I'm not talking about, you know, NCA or, you know, federal legislation, which everybody wants. And somehow every six months it gets the wild, the wild West gets even wilder. Yeah. Um, this period right now is almost unthinkable with how you would manage it. Um, you're, you're hoping that putting stuff contractually in place, 
you know, protects you from some of that or that you're building a roster where NIL is not the only primary driver of motivation to play in your program. Uh, and I, I'm not trying to, you know, be naive about that and say that that's, a, that's absolutely going to happen one through 85, but some of it does come back to who you're recruiting, what that level of financial support is compared to other comparable programs. And I feel like Ohio State has made enough adjustments to its approach that it doesn't have to be concerned about that. And it also doesn't have to, Bo, be concerned about breaking NCAA rules and pushing the, the line or the boundary, which has always been sort of the one thing that Ohio State has been more reluctant to do than, than some of their other counterparts, most notably in the Southeast. So, you know, if that's not a concern and it's just like, well, here you go, go do whatever you want. Ohio State's well positioned to take advantage of that. And when there are no repercussions, you're still, this is the period now everyone talked about for several years. And I said, well, this isn't good. NIL changes are not going to help Northwestern become a powerhouse. Right. Um, it, it did seem like it was going to level out some of the um, talent across the country with the portal and NIL. But it, when you're talking about pure Wild West, the deepest pockets are already the programs that are at the top of the sport. I think mm-hmm. this current period might extend the haves and have nots at a level that we haven't seen before, which is why the Big Ten and SEC are so concerned about trying to get it fixed at a level that they haven't been in the past. There's no question. Yeah, and it, you're right. It's the every we could you and I could have taped this two years ago and said that the Wild West, and then you're right. It's wilder. It's just yeah, it, there's nothing right now. I mean, it's it's absolutely bonkers. Uh, great stuff, buddy. <laughs> As always, appreciate you. Yeah, bonkers is the word. Thanks, both. See ya. It's a good buddy, Austin Ward, right here at the Fan and dotting the eyes on the Rivals Network. We hit thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the Fan. We're the highest-rated sports radio station in America. There's no joke there. We just are. The Fan, Ohio's sports desk. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees Investing involves risk. 3% match requires goal for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Taking the art of sports radio and day drinking to a whole new level. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. All right, time for a little thing or not a thing. Hit it, fellas. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros. First up today, speaking on the I Am Athlete podcast, Russell Wilson had uh, this to still say about lofty goals for the rest of his career. I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through. Whether it's in Denver or somewhere else, I, I hope it's in Denver. You know, I hope I get to finish there. I, I committed there. I wanted to be there. You know, I want to be there. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win two. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. You know, I, I love the city and everything else. But, you know, you also want to be a place that, that wants you, too. So the thing that I, I, I want to do is, is win. That's all, that's all I care about. Thing or not a thing? Question. Where was that audio from? It was uh, right from the ESPN article. So I don't know if that was in the clip that the podcast shared or okay. the ESPN okay. put it in, but that's what happened. That's okay. Yeah. So I was just curious, like, the platform, because, like, the music comes in, it's, it leads you to believe it's clearly a pre-produced piece right um is he it's crazy because he actually wasn't as bad as you think 
last year. He was really good. He was actually pretty, statistically, he was pretty good. Now, he's checked down Charlie. There's not much down the field. But his completion percentage is good. His his touchdown to interception was really good. He's actually very competent, and yet Sean Payton wanted Payton wants nothing to do with him, nothing to the point where they're willing to cut him and have him walk at tremendous cost to them and their cap. So, is he like the most? He must just be like the most disingenuous dude, or is he is he just oblivious? And he believes all the stuff he's doing, but it turns every. I, I don't understand. He, I'm very curious, like what the day to day is like with him, and and is it is he just completely full of it all the time, and everybody sees right through it? They must. I was going to say oblivious and or insufferable. Yeah, both. There are athletes that I truly think, and LeBron's probably one of them as well. That just their perception is their reality. So how they perceive it is exactly how it is to them. And they live in their own little bubble, and you can't ever put your yourself like this is the thing with Russell Wilson is we always try to think like what's this guy up to, and, and I don't think you, anybody actually can. The, the difference though is LeBron's one of the two greatest basketball players of all time. Well, that's true. I think so that's that makes it's a little more tolerable. I think LeBron, and that's the thing. Like it's Russ, more tolerable Russ's the behavior and his like that whole yeah. this is my reality isn't as tolerable because he's not that. No. Well, that's the other thing, too. I think LeBron definitely has a lot of curation in his social media persona. But, like, in press conferences and talking in the locker room after the game, you can usually kind of get to the center of him a little bit more. Russell Wilson just feels like everything is curated, including this statement. Like, the I want to feel the cold of the trophy. Yeah. Like, he had to think of that. Nobody talks like no that. No one talks like he that. Was, it was already locked and loaded for him to say, and I think that's every interaction you have with him. It seems like it. Unranked, but chasing the bubble, Wake Forest, upset number eight Duke, 83-79 to on Saturday. When the final buzzer sounded, fans stormed the court, and one ran into Blue Devils center Kyle Filipkowski, who spun around and needed to be helped off the court. It was a pretty wild scene yeah. uh, if you hadn't seen it. Uh, Filipkowski was reportedly injured in the collision, but spoke with reporters after the incident. I felt a bunch of hits on my body. I, you know, I just this one was the worst of them. Um, you know, so it's just like I said, it's just really ridiculous of of, of how you know that situation is handled. Did you feel like any of it was was on purpose or was it incidental? I mean, if, punch, I've like? already heard that there's some videos of of you know getting punched in the back, and um, so I absolutely feel like it was personal, um, um, you know, intentional for sure. You know, like I said, there's 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 no reason where they see a big guy like me trying to work my way up the court and they they can't just work around me. You know, there's no excuse for that. ESPN or Duke's John Shire says court storming needs to be banned. Uh, Several pundits out there have placed the blame for this on Wake Forest. Thing or not a thing? It's a huge thing. Um, have you guys ever been part of a court storming or a field storming? Uh, field storming, field yes. Storming. Yeah, it's chaos. It I mean, is. It's utter chaos. And you don't feel safe at all. Um, and it's it's in football, it's a little different because you're in like armor, but it's still... And it's the space is so much bigger, but there's the so many more people. But yeah. I think you have two choices here. You either have to, and here's the other thing: like court stormings organically are really cool and fun. There, and there's a reason that every time every program has an image of a court storming in their in the old days when they had media guides or on their social media because it's cool to see all the fans on the court. So, like, I, I hate the idea of like banning it entirely, but I think you really have two choices. You either need to 
clear the opposition first before anyone's is allowed on the court. So you and you could do that. Just get them off the court and then allow the, the storming. Or you go the other way and you ban it. And I saw Jay Billis say this earlier today. You you arrest everybody who's on the court. And you could stop it right there. A lot just of detain it. Just yeah, just detain them all. Just put a rope around it and say, We're going to jail, kids. Like I, that stops it pretty quickly. Like you can stop this if you want to, or you could make it more as safe as it could be if you just did the former. I'm not sure. Like that, the thing for me though, like I, I like the idea of yeah, like punish people when they do it if it's banned. But I don't know the logistics of arresting two thousand people. Like, is that even something that anybody no could take? Like, oh yeah, say it. Oh, just arrest everybody. But how can you do that? Yeah, like it's like know. when everybody crosses the street during an event. Like everybody's going to the convention center or whatever. Everybody crosses. They're not all going to get jaywalking tickets. It's, it's no. not feasible. It's not possible. But, yeah, something has to be done because we can't have the players out here getting hurt. I think, yeah, at the very minimum, it does have to be get them off the field because people know when court stormings are about to happen. It's very, very rare that uh, a, an entity is unaware that, like, hey, the fans are itching to to run on this court. So if that means, like, skipping, like, completely skipping the, the good game line and everything, I think that's fine. But you got to get these guys off the court because them getting hurt during it just is not worth it at all but there people love them because like you said that's why they put them in the programs and stuff i mean it's the memories yeah. that you have from going to those games that's what people remember and so that's the hard part is people have such a strong affinity to them and so many other people weren't athletes that were ever on the court and had to feel that and it's hard i think to put themselves in those shoes from that personal standpoint and so people just continue to do it it's it wouldn't be hard to clear the opposition first that wouldn't be that difficult to do, to just get them off. You know when it's coming. Just have security around that team and get them off the court. Get a line of where they can exit and get them off. Like, that would solve it, too. I don't know that – because the logistics, you're right, would be almost – I don't know how you'd even go about that. It would be very, very difficult. But you could get the opposition off the court, and then you wouldn't have these issues. We'll blitz the weekend coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. We've been your Jackets flagship station since day one. All the goals, all the action, all the memories. Your home for the Columbus Blue Jackets, the fan, Ohio Sports Day. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires goal for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Sports conversation that's worthy of a toast or at least a stiff drink. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. NFL Combine underway tomorrow. You'll have general managers talk. Uh, we do have some comments from... Um, down in Cincinnati, uh, Zach, with some comments on T. Higgins that we look forward to having him in the future as well. So they've tagged him, um, and and they're going to give it a go. I just, it's an incredible thing that they do. If they they must have had it. I always went back to this. Like when Burrow did his deal and they announced it, it felt like it was really important to him, and he said as much that they would keep that core together. So they must have had a plan for it. But every time we talk to somebody from down there about it, it's like, look, the numbers just don't work to be able to keep them all. So. 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, the Browns are going to be in a similar spot from a cap situation where you're going to have to restructure a bunch of people. We'll see if Cincinnati can can do some of that as well. Speaking of the combine, under the subject uh, heading of, I don't know if this is true or not, Chris Sims with this, uh, have not done a deep dive into the draft quarterbacks yet, but similar to last year when I thought C.J. Stroud was a clear-cut top guy, from everything I've seen so far, it's Caleb Williams and then the rest. I don't know if Chris thought that, CJ Stroud was the best guy last year. I don't. I'm not. Are you? Gonna, who's going to verify it's revisionist that? history? Don't worry about what he said last year. It's what he's <laughs> saying this say year. That he didn't. He, maybe he did. I. But I remember talking to him at the combine. I remember asking him about quarterbacks, and I don't remember. It's could again. It could just be me. It's very possible that I just. I don't remember him emphatic. I don't remember. This is what I will. This is what I can say emphatically about the combine. Most of the people we talked to felt like Bryce Young was the top guy consensus. And most of the guys that, that I don't remember anybody like pounding the table for CJ Stroud. No, I don't recall that. Yeah. I don't remember that off the top of my head. And I'm wondering too, like after, after the season that he has now, he ends up going, did he end up going two and right? They, they did, they had two and three, the Texans did, right? So he ends up going two and then he has a season he has, but I wonder, are there any scouts in any organizations that were actually like strongly trying to caution anybody? Hey, if CJ falls to us, I'm not sure because of this test that he took. And like, are those guys in trouble in their organization? (laughs) Did they get, did they they get asked about that before? Like, it doesn't sound like you're doing that great of a job of scouting. If that, if there were anybody who seriously did that, but uh, yeah, maybe it was all just smokescreen, anyways. There, if if he had fallen past Houston, I think you would have seen a run like no other to that third spot. Well, they owned the third, so it would have been the fourth. <laughs> oh, it would have been the fourth. You're right. They had fourth. Yeah, spot. Will Anderson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's blitz the weekend, boys. Bishop and friends present the weekend sports blitz. All right, I believe I had that. What did you have this weekend, Reese? I had the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I had said that you know they would right the ship, so to speak, with Doc Rivers. It was a, a rough first start. They beat the Timberwolves on Friday, smashed the Sixers on Sunday. They're a game back of the Cavs uh, for the two spot in the East. Look, they're not the best team in the NBA. I, I still think that's you could argue a lot of them right now. That they wouldn't be, you know, because you saw the comments from JJ Redick last week, or at least you heard them, that it wouldn't be complete disaster for Milwaukee and for Cleveland. It would be a little bit of cooling down from how hot they were in the month of January. That seems to be the case with the wine and gold as well. The one thing that's interesting with them is if they can, because last year this, they had this great run and then they fell off a cliff and really petered into the postseason like can they now i know they're dealing with injuries donovan's been out like will they be able to get rolling when they need to reese that'll be fascinating i believe i had that and we've had this for a while but the ncaa just keeps losing in court now technically this is only a preliminary injunction so it's not a you know an official loss but it's definitely not a win for them and right now they can't punish people on the one thing that they were trying to to reach out and say oh we're we're starting to to bring the hammer down look at we punished Florida State we sent Tennessee notice of allegations and then Tennessee and Virginia for whatever reason the attorneys general decided to team up and take on the NCAA and they won so far in this court case it can be true both things too that it's Probably a selfish reason why Tennessee went after the NCAA on this, but it doesn't change the fact that every time they end up in court, for whatever reason, they lose. No. Yeah, they do. Um, I believe I had that. Uh, this has probably been, it was right when, it was right after Julian Sayan and Caleb Downs and all of that, and we, we did a little thing on uh, Ohio State football taking both hands out from behind its back and deciding to fight with two fists forward. 
And they're doing it on every front. I mean, since that point, Chip Kelly is offensive coordinator. Then they get Alabama's director of player personnel to serve under the ambassador of cool, Mark Pantone. My God. Like, all of this because of what happened in the in the rivalry game and the, the fact that the rival ends up winning the national championship. We have never seen a – as much as we've always cared and loved and have been passionate about the football program, we have never seen this type of investment in in Ohio State football the way it is now. Not like this. I mean, this is – this season is going to be nuts. Spring's going to be nuts. The off season is going to be nuts. Buckle in, kids. Uh, what didn't you have, Reese? I didn't have, and I still don't have any idea why anyone would try to fight Cam Newton. Tell the people uh, what you're talking about. There's video, and there's many – many a cameras that were at it was a charity event in atlanta over the weekend and four younger men looked to want to square up with newton who's what, six five 250 pounds yeah and so they get into a dust-up but he's throwing people around in these videos like he's swinging them by their heads he's taking on three at once like this yeah. is a for me a, a lesson in common sense like, he's gigantic. Don't try to take a swing at this man. Like, he holds his own, and then security comes in and breaks everything up, but it's a wild scene, and I, I right now, it was dominating my social feed this morning. Do yeah. people get confused that when a player is, quote-unquote, washed as far as being able to play on an NFL field, does not mean he's now a normal person? No. Because <laughs> Cam Newton is so much not a normal person. Furthermore, Cam Newton, in terms of... You can't believe how big he is unless you've seen him in person. He'll squash you. He looks like a defensive end. Like, when you see him in person, he looks like a defensive end. That's how big he is. Chops. I didn't have that. I mentioned now Wednesday during uh, Shelly time that Jody had told us that the Jackets hadn't won back-to-back games since November 22nd and November 24th, the week of Thanksgiving. I thought that they would get it done against Buffalo. It was Margaritaville night. They did not, sadly. And also, I did not end up on the Jumbotron. I had the sunglasses on while in the arena because, you know, the ice is bright enough. I was fine. I was not the only person who had the idea to put the... uh, the uh, Hawaiian shirt over the Blue Jackets jersey, and then there was like a ticket package that came with a specific Blue Jackets Hawaiian jersey, which I really wish I could have gotten my hands on, but those were pretty cool, but no, no Jumbotron. Sad. We did the due diligence on this. Um, I did not have Ohio State winning at Michigan State with Jake Diebler coaching the team with a play that goes Devin Royal, Bruce Thornton, Dale Bonner at the buzzer. Like, go back to December, and if I give you that line, you out of your mind? Like, what are we talking? This is where we got. Things have escalated quickly. I love seeing Royal on the court, though. I, you, he's good. More from him is 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 going to be critical going forward. Uh, player who impressed the most this weekend, Chops? Uh, kind of to carry on you. I went with Dale Bonner on this one. Not that he did a ton yesterday, but he hits that game-winning three. He's been at three schools. This is his fourth college season. He has really hasn't been playing too much for the Buckeyes, but when the time came and he was called on, he hit that three and the Buckeyes got a victory. A much needed one just based on actual record, obviously. The NIT is still somewhat alive and just to get rid of that road losing streak so we didn't have to carry that in to another season because there's only a couple of games left. Had they not won on the road, you'd have to be going with that and they were 3 of 17 from 3 yesterday, but Dale Bonner hit one of those three at a very, very important time. Reese? Cam Newton's hat. In all the videos that I've watched uh, yesterday and this morning, it doesn't move. 
<laughs> it doesn't move from his head. He's on. He's there's a tent with uh, merchandise that he's standing at, and when the, when the altercation begins, and as he's throwing people around, he gets moved probably ten feet in each direction, and the hat doesn't go anywhere. It stays right on his head the entire time. That's incredible. Um, Shane Gillis hosting SNL this weekend. I didn't know who this guy was until probably about a month ago. He started showing up in like my Instagram stuff. Yeah. Like, hey, th- these are funny. So I'd watch the clips, and largely they were quite funny. Um, and I didn't know anything about the fact that he was fired there. I didn't know any of it, but saw some. I did, I'm not able. I'm not watching SNL live, but I've seen some of the stuff that's gone viral since. The the Limu Emu thing, which apparently got bounced from the show. Have you guys seen that? I have not seen. So that was a cut the for Liberty time. Mutual. One. Yeah, it was, it's the funniest damn thing. I don't know how, why they cut it. It's great, um, just great. So I th- I thought he did a hell of a job from what I saw uh, hosting SNL. I haven't watched that show in a long time, but it was it was pretty funny. The stuff I saw. Uh, player who disappointed the most, Reese. He's been great this season, and I think he's. If you don't think he's taken that offensive step that you wanted from Evan Mobley from last season to this season, I think you can at least admit that he's starting to show you that he's much better offensively than he was last year. Uh, but he wasn't great Friday night in the Cavs 104-97 loss to the Sixers. So there's like a minute 15 left to go in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Uh, Cavs are trailing the Sixers 97-92. And Mobley is dribbling back towards the, the three-point line and then just steps out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was watching like, that one live. come on! I rarely, because it's an NBA regular season game, rage quit. I rage quit. And they they, they made it close because I, I, I did dip back in a little bit, but they couldn't just ever really get over what was his turnover. I think Buddy Heald made a three, and it was just that was kind of the game. Mm-hmm. We talked uh, you know already a little bit about this fight, altercation, whatever you want to call it, between Cam Newton and some guys at this youth seven-on-seven tournament that he was at. But this is the part that stood out the most for me because when I saw – it this morning i'd seen the video briefly on social media yesterday but i read the story on espn this morning to just get okay what were some of the details and the headline is video appears to show cam newton and scuffle at youth football event and like i understand that you have to verify things but appears to show cam newton it, like in that hat his stature like it's definitely cam newton guys i don't think we need to to kind of couch that one with like you know who he is it looks like it could be cam newton the hat's the name tag, right? <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, player, dis- I'm just disappointed these quarterbacks aren't throwing. I understand it. I don't particularly like the combine. Don't love it at all. Kind of dislike it. But it does. it's more interesting when they're there and they're throwing. Um, and so just disappointed a little bit that they're not. I totally understand it. I don't know if I'd do it anymore either. I think the combine, what's going to happen is it's going to evolve into uh, guys that are trying to impress that get that stage. I think a lot of the best guys are not going to do this, and this will become kind of the norm that my tape is who I am. Uh, Bud Kilmer, honorary coach of the week, Reese. All white Rick Patino. One week, like last week, was like shaming his players for just being bad at the game of basketball. St. John's goes out and beats Creighton. <laughs> did you hear the story? What he did? Like to... He walked down the day before the game to the tailor in New York and he said can you help me with this because it's not the original it's not the one he wore oh, it's at Louisville. Not, I thought it was that one okay. that one's probably in an evidence file in Kentucky <laughs> still but the the actual white one the, the one he got he went they they turned it for him in a day turned a white suit in a day for him there you go Bud Kilmer honorary coach of the week I didn't give it to him last week so I'm going to do it this week Jake Diebler out there hey 
Don't worry about games during the middle of the week. We got Sunday Diebler right now, and it's getting it done for the Buckeyes. Two straight Sunday victories against teams that are, I mean, Purdue for sure, but Michigan State's better than Ohio State this year, and they went out and they won both those games. Yeah, he's doing a hell of a job. Uh, there's no question, and putting all of his heart and soul into it and, and getting some results, which has got to be a lot of fun. I'm going to go Kevin McGuff here because to go from to to not allow the victory over Iowa to be your Super Bowl and to use it for a springboard takes great coaching, great character, great players, great leadership. It would have been so easy to just say, we did it, we're satisfied, and they didn't. They used it to catapult them to at least to share the Big Ten, and if they win one of the last two of the outright Big Ten championship, that's a hell of a job uh, and a hell of a program that he has, that he has built there. Um, speaking of Ohio State on the hardwood, what should they be looking for in the next head basketball coach? We'll get into that coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. This promo is brought to you by Common Man and Timmy Hall's Ping Pong Game. The Fan. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Drink recommendations, movie reviews, sports discussion, and whatever the hell Reeser does. This is Bishop and Friends. Yeah, there's no better time to sign up for that typical sports book, my friends. You get in on the betting action, all the fun. You got the hoops, the hockey, the biggest college hoops tournament in March. It'll be here before we know it. Plenty of games to bet on and win big. Take advantage of the massive odds boost for the biggest payouts. Try the new parlays. You can pick how many legs you need to hit and cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two. Claim the new sign-up bonus now and get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now and enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get your bonus. You download the Tipco Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, as much fun as you can have, I think, in Las Vegas is the first round of the NCAA tournament, and you can kind of do it here now. It's just have a little fun along the way. It's a it's a big, big win for everybody. Um, did you guys see the Clippers' new uniforms dropped? Like the new unis, like the cursive. Mm-hmm. Not sure how I feel about the logo, like the crest or like the logo itself. So Where's it? it like they were going to. It's a front-facing ship. Like, it's where you, like a crosshair in a sea. Yeah, so it's like a... Yeah, it looks like a navigational thing that they're going for. Um, look, these were the San Diego. It's weird. The two L.A. basketball teams were both from somewhere else. So Minneapolis Lakers actually makes a lot of sense because a ton land of 10,000 lakes, right? Um, so that great makes many. a lot of sense. Because it sounded good, they just kept it. L.A. Lakers just sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> so just <laughs> a few times keep you it. fall into something that sounds that you just good. completely stumbled. It's not like Utah Jazz where it makes no damn sense whatsoever, <laughs> and they just kept it. Um, but it's one of the or like um, I mean, the, like the Calgary Flames, Atlanta Flames, like some of those things. How make many sense, Raiders but, came out to Las Vegas on their pirate ships? Well, that's true. That's a, yeah, that's true as well. Um, the Clippers were in San Diego, um, where it's that's one of the one of the absolute hubs of the United States Navy is is in San San Diego. We know that from from Top Gun and, and Maverick and the rest of it. So that's what they're the nautical theme is what they were going for there. But it's part of a much bigger thing because um 
the old uh, Balmer is the owner there. He's he was he's the guy probably I think most people would remember. Even if you didn't know who he was, he's the guy who goes nuts in the Microsoft Windows ninety six yeah. thing that goes viral every once in a while with Bill Gates. He's the one that's really up there getting everybody jacked up. So he owns the team and he's building a two billion dollar stadium. He's building a two billion dollar stadium for the Clippers to separate them from the Lakers. So the Lakers are going to be playing in a 25-year-old Staples Center downtown, and he built this basic basketball palace, which is like going to be one of the coolest NBA experiences ever. Like everything is there's everything's interactive. Uh the seats are the whole thing's incredible. Like the tours behind it are awesome. But it's such an uphill battle. It's going to be a great like market test on what can you do to a a brand that's as bottom basement as it gets? Like, can money if you just cleanse put it? a lot of money into it? Just yeah, keep putting can it money be into cleansed. It? Like, this would be like if somebody, like with NIL, was like, "All right, I'm going to make Indiana football win the Big Ten, or I'm going to make it as important as Buckeye football, like that type of thing." If there was like a level playing field for it, like if you gave no two precedent. billion dollars to their collective, I guess you could you probably could. get that done. Yeah, then you yeah. Would, then you'd have a lot of those best plays. On the the note of the logo too, it's weird because. I think the NFL, it likes to be the thing for the most part. The logo is, you know, a Viking horn or a Seahawk is on the helmet, right? In the, in Major League Baseball, they really just like the letters of the, Mm -hmm. of the town they're in. Just about every Major League Baseball logo is the letters. Basketball, the NBA specifically, they don't know if they want to have the basketball in it. The Milwaukee Bucks is just a buck. It's a thing. Some of them are just a letter. Some of them are just like the thing written out across the basketball. The Celtics is just Celtics with the shamrock. Yeah. There seems to be no clear idea of what exactly an NBA logo should be. Or what to do with it. Well, sometimes it, it's even. not even on the jersey. Yeah, that's why when you guys yeah. were talking about yeah the the ship one, I'm like, well, where's it going to go? Because all the jerseys they showed did not have it. Maybe it's on no. the back. It probably is right above their name. That's where a lot of those logos go, but it's not exactly front and center. No, so they're gonna they have it's blue, red, and then they got a little bit of light blue that they're going to kind of work in a little bit. So anyway, that's what they did on that. Uh, Jake Diebler's off to a nice start. Couple of big wins early on. Um, it obviously would be I think uphill for him to keep the job long term. Um, it's you're in a spot where Ross Bjork will have obviously a heavy hand in this. Ted Carter will have a handy, heavy hand in this. I think one thing we've learned from uh, from Ted Carter, and I'm guessing it'll that Bjork and he will walk hand in hand in this. Is it's it's pretty damn important that Ohio State is great at football and really good at men's basketball, and then along the way, the other things can kind of fall in. And if you have what you have now, which is a preeminent women's college basketball team, awesome. Keep that going. Keep that building. That you'd have to see the numbers. I don't know if they'll ever disclose them, but that might be to the point where that's almost a revenue generator with the amount of tickets they've sold this year yeah. on the women's side of things. It's possible it could become a revenue generator. I know wrestling's been like that at times, where it's been a revenue generator, and there's there's other instances where you could be, but it's at the top where you you have to be at your best. And so this hire of the next Ohio State men's basketball coach, this has to be a hit. It has to be. And when you think about, I've thought about this for the last couple of weeks or so, like what, what should that person be? What, how do you build the Buckeye basketball program the way that Thad had it humming? Which is the, make no mistake, the golden era of Buckeye basketball is the Thad Mata run. That's it. Um, how do you, who has that juice to them? Um, and, and who is the type of guy? And do the things that Thad used for success early, 
are those transferable now? Um, I think it would have to start with keep the best players in Ohio in Ohio. But are you going to be willing to spend for the best players in Ohio? That Darren Peterson kid, who's a junior, now he's at Huntington Prep. He got a seven-figure deal from Adidas to play uh, basketball. First ever high school kid to sign an NIL deal um, is playing at Huntington Prep because they wouldn't let him do it in Ohio. Like He's going to go to an Adidas school. I'll spoil it for you. <laughs> like he's not coming here. So how do you how do you make sure that w- that those guys stay? You've got to be great in the portal. What's this? I know Reese wants Will Wade, but what type of guy are they looking for there? Because you can't miss the program slipped too much. You can't miss. No, and I when you talk about like what type of guy, I think that's also the hard part right now about you know the fear of missing because. I don't think it can just be a checklist type thing of like, oh, this guy hits all the boxes. He's He's got to be a good coach. And I don't know how you find that guy right now, but it's just because all the changes in college sports in general and then the way you're managing your rosters and everything in college basketball, I'm not sure what is the correct input for coach to be successful at any given place at any given time. Uh, and I'm one thing I'm really interested, though, to see is what the salary Looks like because yeah, conventionalism with Ohio State was that they didn't really like to pay buyouts all that much in general, but they paid a pretty big buyout here for for Coach Holtman. And are they still going to have that money or want to shell out that kind of money to put them in the Holtman was making around three and a half million? Is the next coach going to make four? Are they going to swing big like that? Make six? Yeah. <laughs> like how, how big? You know how big do you how big do you go here? I think with a job like this, for me, it feels more important that the guy who's coming in is willing to work to, uh, I guess, understand college athletics. Not some guy who's like ready to do it, but someone who's willing to uh, kind of get their hands in, involved with all of this. Because I, I think that you're just probably not going to get a guy who's established. Well, you get a guy on their second. I mean, you get Anthony Grant, maybe. You get somebody on a second run. Maybe. Sean Miller. Like, do those guys who are, who have had the big job at one point and then come back down to the, to kind of the, to the mid major level, like, do they pop back in? Uh, those are awesome basketball schools, both of them. Like, that, what's the look of that? John Gross has done great things at Akron. Like, is, is that a thing where, where you do something like that? I, you know, I don't know. I think it's, it's a big, it's a big hire. And a guy who's going to be all over it is our next guest, Adam Jardy. He joins us coming up next. Bishman Friends right here on the fan. This Buckeye Football Impact Report is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse. On the fan, Ohio's sports destination. Ohio State Football Impact Report. One of the prize Buckeye recruits this year was quarterback Aaron Scott from Springfield High School in Springfield, Ohio. The number one ranked player in the state. He checks in as a five-star recruit. He led Division One Springfield to the state championship game as a senior. The Wildcats' third straight state championship game appearance. Buckeyes head coach Ryan Day. Aaron Scott was somebody who came to camp early on and um, it was a hot day out there and he, he grinded. I mean, he went for, I think, an hour and, and just, you know, everything we threw at him as a young player. He had a broken wrist. He kept working. We, we could tell there was a toughness there. There was just a grit there. You know, guys know when, when you're from the state of Ohio, the best players play at Ohio State. They know what it means to be a Buckeye in the state of Ohio and the opportunities and um, you know what it can mean for them for the rest of their life, and I think Aaron understood that. This report was brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass. I'm Matt Andrews on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. 
Hi, this is Paul Keels. This Buckeye season, don't let a broken windshield ruin your game plan. Safe Light Auto Glass makes it easy to get your windshield fixed with their mobile glass shops all over Central Ohio. They can come to you anywhere, giving Buckeye fans more time for game time. OH? Man, I love that. Schedule at SafeLight.com. Safe Light Auto Glass is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Libman makes a difference. The Libman Mott Crew is a part of our winning team. The Libman Mott Crew makes sure the hardwood is safe and clean for the players every game at the Schottenstein Center. No matter what kind of flooring you have at your home court, Libman has the tools to keep it clean. Our mops, brooms, and brushes are proudly family-made in the USA. Visit Libman.com to see our whole lineup and for a store locator. That's Libman.com. Libman, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. For more than 35 years, Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse has been known by Buckeye Nation as serving the best steaks in the city. Our thick-cut, aged steaks have been a staple in Columbus with three locations in Upper Arlington, Dublin, and downtown. Hyde Park is proud to introduce our newly added wine room at the downtown Columbus location, where a new elegance in dining will surround you. And coupled with live entertainment every weekend, Hyde Park will be the perfect setting for any occasion or the perfect night out. Hyde Park is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Distilled sports discussion served in light beer quantities. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Now let's get some perspective on the Buckeye basketball team. What's happened over the last week, where it'll be going once this season is over, and we do so on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Great friend of the program, Adam Jardy. Covers the Bucks for the dispatch. What's been the biggest difference on the court post-Holtman to Diebler? They have played better defense. For the most part, now not, not against Minnesota quite as quite so much, but I, w- I was looking back at uh, how they got back in that game last night, and they just had this stretch where they just kept forcing Michigan State into bad shots. The Ohio State went through a, a scoring drought, but it didn't bury them. They were able to, to stay in the game and and get enough stops, get some turnovers, and you know those were the moments I feel like for the last couple of years where that's where a team would pull away. Ohio State would go three minutes without a bucket. They give up, you know, a three and a transition dunk, and it'd be over. And you know, last night and against Purdue, they were able to to flip that. So that's as big of a difference to me, I think, as anything. 
You could tell even last, uh, certainly last week against Purdue, like the emotion, Jake, and, and what, what he was carrying with him. Um, you know, sometimes the, the Holtman dismissal felt that it, at some point it certainly felt like it was inevitable. I think, and I think you'd probably agree that he was probably surprised that it happened in season. But I think also with that, you'd have to acknowledge that once that was done, it was a little, it felt to me, and you're, you're there every day. It felt to me like there was a weight taken off, not necessarily because people, oh, thank God he's gone, but just like we don't have to deal with that hanging over us all the time. Did you feel that? Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I mean, like when you said, what's the difference, uh, you know, on the court b- between the two, uh, I, I think the bigger difference is just the vibe is mm-hmm. just the, the feeling that like, yeah, there, there's not this sort of collective weight uh, on their shoulders. And I think that's why, you know, you, you beat Purdue, you, you win at Michigan state for the first time in 12 years. Like, you know, they, they kept coming at, at Minnesota the other night. Now they didn't play all that great. They got beat to some 50, 50 balls. And, um, you know, we're never really in position to, to win that game, but you know, Jake said yesterday after the game, he felt the way they finished that game was, was important. I mean, they, they were in it, you know, trying to cut it from eight to six, like they were making shots and fouling and doing all those things. And, um, you know, the, this team seems to have a pretty solid belief that there is still really good basketball in it. And I do think that that comes from a collective sort of weight being lifted off their shoulders. And that's, you know, you, you can spin that positive, negative, however, however you want. But I do think that that is a real thing. They're playing freer with a little bit less, uh, yeah, just collective weight on them right now. Yeah, it's it's a, it's abundantly clear. Um, in terms of where where the program is at this point, and you know, Gene makes this decision. Bjork's coming in. What is your understanding of of how this process will look, and how quickly do you think they will look to find the next guy? Uh, I mean, it's still from my conversation with with Ross last week. They're they're early in the process, and it's going to take them a little while because of the fact that most of the well, all the coaches that they would be interested in, in are coaching, and so things aren't really going to start heating up. I don't think until team seasons start to end. Um, and that includes Ohio State as well, as far as you know where this ultimately ends up and how far they go. Um, but I, I expect things to really pick up probably about a, maybe two weeks into March, and then it might get really hot and really heavy really quickly from there. Um, but they're they're doing a ton of background and research and all that stuff right now, and then we'll see where that gets them in March. Is there anything that you glean from your conversation with Bjork in terms of what type of person he's looking for? Um, they want, he wants a winner and he wants someone with, with head coaching experience. I thought he was pretty clear with that when, when I talked to him that like, ex- like time in the chair matters. Um, so I think that that informs a, a lot. Um, you know, he talked about wanting someone who, uh, either has ties to Ohio or can have a staff or people on the staff that can help them very quickly, you know, be acclimated to Ohio he did make reference to the fact that there's some elite high school talent these next couple of classes. Like, I mean, Darren Peterson from up near, uh, you know, Canton is, mm-hmm. um, you know, the best Ohio prospect since LeBron. Honestly, mm-hmm. if you look at if you look at the rankings, and um, you know, I, Ross is aware of those kinds of things, and so I think it's important to have someone that that has the ability to re- to attract and retain retain that kind of talent. So I think those are those seem to be to me to be some of the big things he's looking at. He's he's going to go to an Adidas school, Adam. Unfortunately, unfortunately <laughs> I've heard that. I've, I've I've heard that's not he's, that's not a slam dunk. 
they, they gave him, that way. They gave him seven. They gave him seven figures. I think he's going to end up in Kansas. <laughs> is my guess how that one goes. Um, it, it, you're right, though. I mean, it's a ton amount of talent. You've been around this program a long time, and you were you were here for the Thad run and and then the Holtman run. What what is the what is the requirement? What what is the, what is the job required? Who is what type of person? Is is the is the requirement to to get the program to? I mean, the Thad era is the golden era. I tell, I know they didn't win the national yeah. title, but that's the apex of the program. What 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 is what is need to, needed to get that? Um, I mean, you have to have an understanding of what Ohio State is, and that you're always going to be second fiddle to football. You have to be able to to work in that space, thrive in that space without resentment, and you have to be able to go out and use that to your advantage. You you have to go find guys that. Uh, that wants some of that glitz and that wants some of that excitement and that buzz that like you're going to go to a school where if you, pl- if you play your cards, right, you will be, I mean, those, those fad teams, like there's a reason that we still talk about Greg Oden, Mike Conley, Evan Turner, Jared Solinger, Aaron Kraft, David Lighty, William Buford. Like those guys are, are eternally beloved by Ohio state mm-hmm. basketball fans. And you could add 10 more names to that list that I didn't even get to. You, you need to have people that understand you can be that at Ohio State. Now, it's not always going to be easy, and yes, you're going to have to take, you know, second billing to football, but you, second billing to football isn't, is, uh, that's not necessarily a knock. I mean, it can still be high level when you're at Ohio State playing basketball, and so I think you have to have an understanding of that. Like I said, you can't be resentful of the shadow that football casts. You just have to thrive in it and, and embrace that and use that to your advantage, and I thought that when Thad really had it running, he certainly did that at a high level. He did. Is there a guy out there that you look at, and I won't hold you to it, but just I know that curiosity, you look around and go, that that might fit. Like, is there a guy out there who checks boxes for you? Uh, I mean, there's a couple. I, I, I like the track record of a Greg McDermott, and, you know, they went for him last time. Um, I, I think that, that that's intriguing to me. I think Sean Miller makes a heck of a lot of sense, and, um, you know, that would be a, a really compelling story, certainly, to, to mm-hmm. t- make the move up the road, just like Fad did. Um, I'm also really intrigued in Dusty May. I mean, I think, um, you know, he obviously what they did last year at Florida Atlantic was unparalleled to take that team to the Final Four. Um, he's got Midwest ties. I know um, there's a lot to like about the way he's built that program uh, from essentially nothing and turned them into a team that, like, you know, is a preseason top 10 team. Like, that doesn't happen at a program like Florida Atlantic. So, and he's young. Uh, I think there's a lot to like there. Maybe you, you question the experience factor a little bit, but. I mean, like when, when I look at it right now, those are my three top realistic names. If I was running the search that I would be focusing on. Um, but unfortunately I'm not on that payroll. They're not. <laughs> me. me either, buddy. I'm not on it either. <laughs> hey, um, do you think that there will be the financial commitment required, uh, to get some of the guy, not only some of the guys, I mean, you, you had to pay a big buyout here. Um, and I know we think that there's a never ending, you know, faucet of money at Ohio State, but there isn't. I mean, there, it is, it is starting to get a little bit finite, especially what was spent on football. So is there, is there enough money to get the guy that they want, that Bjork wants? Will money at all prohibit him from doing it? And are there, are they also where they need to be on, on NIL to acquire the type of players that are going to be required to get them back to that level? I don't think you fire Chris Holtman with six games left in a season and pay him the buyout that you're paying him if you don't have the money to go out and get the candidate that you want. So I think, yes, I think the financial uh, part of this, I don't, I don't think that's an issue. I don't see Ohio State not being able to afford whatever coach it wants. Now I guess Ohio State has to decide what it wants to pay. 
Um, cause I'm sure um, that's maybe a different conversation, but I don't see that being an impediment to them getting whoever they want. I think they will pay what they think they need because they recognize that this program can hum at a very high level and bring in money and, you know, put butts in seats. Like all that stuff can, can be real. I think NIL is a fascinating, you know, wrinkle in this. this is the first time we're kind of all going through this of how does that impact things? And I do think that some of that hinges on who they hire and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the people that, that are donating to the collectives and that are, you know, fundraising the money, like what are the candidates that are most intriguing to them? And if they don't bring in someone that is really coveted by that, by those people with the financial backing, does that change what, what they're able to do um, in the portal or in roster retention? So um, that's, that is a really fascinating wrinkle to me in all this is that how do you reconcile from an athletic director standpoint, maybe the best candidate versus who do the boosters and donors really want? Because they have as big a say in this as they've ever had. And furthermore, does the best candidate say, hey, do I have a commitment from you that I'm going to have the NIL money I need to get yes. the roster I want? Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely a, a very high bullet point for any coach now yeah. looking at, at the next job. And I think that's what, you know, the, I'm sure there are scenarios right now where you might say, well, that coach doesn't make any sense. Why would he leave that position to go to Ohio State? And it's like, well, he might have a, uh, no NIL situation whatsoever. But at Ohio State, if he comes, it's going to be X, and, and they're going to be able to do all these things. Like That is right up there with like recruiting, mm-hmm. you know, hotbed, and you know, what are the facilities, and you know, job prestige, and all that. Like, where, you're, where you are in NIL is, is massive in, in these, in these uh, conversations now, and I'm, I'm, I, it's going to tell us a lot, I think, about where Ohio State is uh, based on who they bring in and then what they're able to do when that person gets here. You're the best, buddy. Always appreciate the conversation. Thanks for your time. Oh, thanks, Bo. I appreciate it. That's Adam Jardy. He's the best in the business, covers the Buckeyes at the Dispatch. We hit three things on a Monday. Up next, Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. We're the girthiest radio station in the history of radio. Uncomfortably girthy. This promo is uncomfortable. The Fan, Ohio's girth destined. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Our top men are working on everything. Except this show. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, Reese, what do we have on the poll? Daily Fan Poll sponsored by ER Auto Care, masters of our craft. The Daily Fan Poll today asks, what was the biggest win on Sunday? The Ohio State women's team beating Maryland. The Ohio State men's team beating Michigan State at Michigan State. Or the Jackets taking down the Rangers at Nationwide. 68% of respondents to the Daily Fan Poll say Ohio State winning at Michigan State was the biggest win on Sunday. Hmm. Followed by Ohio State over Maryland at the shot. Uh, 17% say that one. Jackets over the Rangers, 4-2. to two, Gets 15% of respondents there. It's Professional sports playing out the string is tough. It's tough. It's tough go of it. Like it's when you don't have anything and you just, you know, you it's a, the the job they do down there at Nationwide putting on a show. The fact that it's even you had a hell of a time at Margaritaville night. Yeah. Uh despite the loss speaks to the people. Those people are unbelievable. 
that experience is awesome um, because it's tough. It's tough when you're playing for nothing. Put more cannons in more arenas. <laughs> that's, just, that's the starting of it. Uh, all right, time for three things on a Monday. Hit it. One, two, one, two, three things. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Uh, number one for me. So this was it. This was the last weekend of, of travel basketball. It was the last time that I will coach NBC, likely in anything going forward. From here on, it's paid coaches for him. Um, we were at a semifinal of a tournament uh, Sunday late afternoon. Uh, played as good a first half of basketball as we'd played all year. And it all crumbled and lost a heartbreaker in the second half. Um, in giving the post game, I I was welled up, man. It was really hard to look those kids in the eyes. A lot of those kids I've had since they were in first grade, um, had them all the way through, a lot of them. Um, I wouldn't take back any of it. It was the most fun you could ever have. Sometimes you want to pull your hair out, but at the same time, if, if you have the opportunity, I've said it a million times, coach your kids if you can. It's awesome. It's so rewarding. Uh, but also because NBC is incredibly coachable. Like I tell him before, like I'm not going to treat you fairly. I'm going to go harder at you than anybody. You got to be able to take it, and he always did, always handled it well. I'm going to miss it big time. Uh, it was it was a tough one, very bittersweet Sunday. Yesterday, I had a gift card from Christmas time to one of the big home improvement, you know, hardware type stores, and uh, I needed a toolbox. I needed a few other things, so I went and I got those things. And there was one other thing I was looking for, the little like. Well, one, I have to attach a extension cord to the ceiling of my garage just so it's a little bit more out of the way. Mm-hmm. And one of the places I can get an outlet is is at the ceiling. So I was like, I don't want to buy a whole staple gun because I just really don't know how much easier. So I'm looking for the little nails that have the little brackets on them. You can pound the nail in and then the little bracket goes alongside it. And I can't figure out where there are. And I'm in this, I'm in the aisle with all the nails and screws and things like that. And I'm looking at hooks. There's another guy in there who clearly knows what he's doing. And we're sort of kind of going down the aisle at the same time. But I'm in front of him. And he quickly grabs his next thing, and then I go and look, and I'm still not sure. And so I just left because I was tired of like <laughs> being embarrassed of like I don't know what I'm looking for, and you seem to really have it figured out. So I just got my. You couldn't find left. anybody, no one to help. I had already asked somebody where the extension cords were. I didn't no, want to ask somebody again. Yeah. This I think was late last week, but I was trying to do a little bit more research over the weekend. The uh, ticket lottery for the Savannah Bananas uh, game or showcase at Huntington Park this mm-hmm. summer. There were 131,475 people that entered the lottery from Columbus, and I have yet to meet or read about anybody that actually won. So can someone please out there at 971BFS, let me know if you won that lottery. Like, you I don't want to ever disparage a thing like Ticketmaster, but it <laughs> felt like nobody who entered that damn lottery won tickets to see the Savannah Bananas. It's kind of like the uh, like the Ohio Liquor Lottery. I've never known anybody to win one of those. You know one. One. I do know one. That's true. I do know one. You're the one. Number two for me. I got this from a, uh, speaking of youth sports, I got this from um, my uncle, actually, who ran a youth sports uh, basketball program in Seattle for 20-some years. Um, and he said there's four four people, four types of people that go to a basketball game at the youth level. Coaches, they need to bring a clipboard, and they need to bring a lineup. That's it. Officials need to bring their whistle. They need to administer the rules. That's it. Players just need to play. That's it. And the fans need to cheer and support. And that's it. And if people did those things, of course, nobody does all of those things. Everyone complains about everything, and you end up people really ugly. But if you just followed that blueprint, it would all be very enjoyable. 
Second one for me, this was one of those weird research Twitters, and they pointed this out uh, on Friday afternoon, but Friday was the anniversary of the Iowa House resolved to make Iowa and Iowa State play each year. This was all the way back in 1965. They've played Iowa State, the Cyhawk game, every year since then. But the Sitco's committee, they pointed out one point from the decision, and it was a listed thing of points, and this was the fourth one. The game would, quote, possibly help encourage all young men to build their bodies as well as their minds instead of their cars and wardrobes. So lofty goals there back in 1965. I will say for me, um, I guess it sort of worked. I'm not too into cars, but I like clothing, so I guess it only half worked on me. We have a couple of TVs here in the studio and many more here in the office. And on first take, they were asking if court storming should be prohibited in Mm -hmm. college basketball. Now, this is apparently an issue they think is for the NCAA because they had the NCAA logo several different times on their graphics packages. Friend of the program, Michael DeCourcy, says, quote, the NCAA does not control operations at individual university athletic events. Standards for those are set from the institutional or conference level. Then he asks, ever see a court storm in an NCAA tournament game? No. That's because they control it. There you go. Uh, number three for me, pray for me. You guys know how I feel about going to Indiana. Thoughts There's absolutely nothing I want to do in Indiana. The drive from here to Indianapolis is the worst drive in America. I hope to see you tomorrow. Uh, we take off Thursday evening to go to Dublin and London. So this is a cars running week for me. I'll try to stay well, with you, you guys as much. You thanks, let for, us know. thanks for telling us that on a Monday. Uh, over the weekend, DJ Khaled was performing uh, at a beach festival, and he had people carry him from his car to a golf cart, from the golf cart to the stage, because he didn't want to get sand on his Jordans. Same, brother. I'm with you. <sighs> like when Jack Jake Harlow Diebler. at the Kentucky Derby. Jake Diebler up next. We're back tomorrow. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Bobby Carpenter doesn't have a mullet. But he's knee-deep in mullet energy. Morning Juice with Bobby and Beamer. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan. It's a fan action update. Sign me up for a Sunday like that every week. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet. Gambling from call 1-800-GAMBLER. Blue Jackets win over the Rangers as a plus 150 money line underdog. Cleveland Cavaliers nine-point road win over the Wizards. Buckeye women's hoops goes to 24-3 with a win over Maryland. And Buckeye men's hoops 4-1 underdog wins outright in East Lansing over Sparty. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Casting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.